City Maniac, the wit from the mitt, the Great Lakes Grandmaster, the Motown Madman, the Mittens Killer Kitten. We ran out of nicknames. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I am so glad that you are with us today, April 17th. 2015 spring is here great guests rob wolf gerald morgan today and hillary clinton this week acted like a complete and total bitch (laughs) she wasn't acting dude that's the real thing i can say bitch on air right i guess (laughs) of course the most insubordinate producer in all of radio uh slash sidekick fun dip dan you can follow us both on twitter at s crowder and Fun Dip Dan. Of course, you can go to louderwithcrowder.com, too, and, and follow all of these. You know, it's funny. We've been writing so much more now at louderwithcrowder.com, and I have a team of people who help me. That uh, Who's this team? Well, it's, it's you know, the team is obviously you, Fun Dip, not I'm, with the I'm site. Not, I'm not a team player. Don't even talk like that. <laughs> I hate the team. I can't stand teams. That sounds like sports. What's funny is my impression of you is your impression of your mom. mom. (laughs) Jeez, Dan, what the heck's the difference? So I buy you a The Who CD instead of a Guess Who CD. What what difference does it make anyway? My mom was Hillary Clinton, actually. That is so cleaned up compared to the actual story. (laughs) I think there were things that started with F and J and C. Yeah, I know. But I will say, so Jared, obviously, is my video producer. We have Crystal, uh, Crystal Heath. Who you should follow the Friddle online, and now we've brought on Brodigan and a new gentleman, an intern, who's going to be helping. And what this really is is everything you see on the site, Ladder with Crowder, I clear it. I usually go in, change it, edit it. But because we're working on videos in the show, you know, a lot of the other people just have ghostwriters go on and put their name on it. Now, I don't. So we don't do a ton of posts. We do a couple of posts a day. But everything you need to know in the news is at louderwithcrowder.com. We create them in, in simple, easy-to-absorb lists. Everything is sourced. Everything has facts, statistics in the piece. But, of course, it's designed to be entertaining. And uh, listen, Hillary Clinton is the number one story this week. We'll have some other stories to talk about. Rob Wolf will come on to uh, actually help fund Dip in his quest to get healthy, lose weight, but also talk about the dietary guidelines from the FDA. They made an about face that completely switched on dietary cholesterol it is not the culprit anymore. It does not raise blood serum cholesterol. That, by the way, is huge news for people who don't know. But Hillary Clinton, listen, I, I've said this, I mean, fun dip back when you still didn't even want to be a part of this show. I was, <laughs> I was well, saying. I was here anyway on Friday mornings. So I think you were let's here. give it a go. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay. This will never work. You have to do a show every day. But Hillary Clinton, okay, let me just get this out of the way. People say, well, you can't say a sexist Hillary Clinton. Bitch, 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 bitch. Bitchity, bitchity, bitch, 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 bitch. Bitchity, bitch, 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 bitch. Okay, let me just say that to be clear, okay? Now we got to move up one letter in the alphabet. Right, yeah. Oh, come on. 
come on. I didn't catch that until. Let's just crooked we'll, we'll go, creep. Let's, what were you thinking? Let's keep skimming along like this is going really corrupt. Well. I said that sexism. I've said this for years. Sexism will be the new racism. Oh yeah. The B word is now going to try and be turned into the new N word from the left. That's what they're going to try and do. So are we allowed to now say Chicago again? Thankfully. What? Remember, people were talking about, oh, you can't say Chicago politics because that means race. Oh, that's right. Well, the, the, the point is it all comes down to a bigger point that the left is trying to weaponize language right now. They, they are deciding. I mean, literally, I tweeted out from some famous actresses and, and, and Democratic uh, congresswomen, uh, state senators, where they were saying, bitch. All of them. They're saying it all the time, all the time. And now if you say it, by the way, Hillary Clinton, I don't ever use that term, honestly. Listen, I don't use the term referring to women. I would never, ever, ever use it to my wife uh, as far as to refer to her or something like that. But there are people out there. It's used as a medical term, obviously, as a scientific term, the biological term, whatever you want to call it, for dogs, for female dogs, and for those who act really, really bitchy. If you look up the word bitch in the dictionary, you are going to find a picture of Hillary Clinton. And the left, we did a meme, we got it up on Twitter where people can, or people can go to lotowithcredit.com where we had a picture of the Obama Hope poster. Only instead of hope, it said bitch. <laughs> I love that. And people got so furious. Kirsten Powers at Fox News, who, by the way, you know, I usually like, and that's the big problem with cable news is you never really know what's coming from her or coming from on high. You know, I've been there, done that. Um, I've certainly never said anything that, that I didn't believe in, but I'll be honest, when I go on, when I went on television, I wouldn't often get to discuss the things I really cared about. You know, it'd be, here's what you want to talk about. Okay, well, here are my opinions. Well, we want you to stay within this. That's how it works. And so on this show, that's why we cover a, a much wider spectrum. And I'm comfortable with this. I mean, I think I've told you about this. I don't, I don't do any media outside of Dana and a couple of friends who have radio shows. Very, very select few because you know what I can deal with? I can deal with running a Google search or going on YouTube and seeing my videos and people who get mad and don't like them or, or don't like this show. Fine, because we put out three hours every week. Yeah, and you know what but, I have to say to them? Can you blur this hand? No. Oh, geez. Well, we have to remember we're terrestrial. People are going, Let's blur the hand. They're on my radio. You're on my Buick. How do you blur anything? I, I don't see a picture. Right. For those who don't know, ladderwithcredit.com, you can see this online, and we, we run it um, terrestrially, of course, as well. Our wonderful affiliate, uh, uh, KOANN Cone in Alaska, Anchorage, Alaska. Hello. Hello, Alaska. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. The point is I can deal with putting everything into a radio show. I can deal with putting everything into a video and letting it stand. And if people don't like it, fine. What I have a problem with is when I run a Google ser a YouTube search and it shows a bunch of clips from me on other people's talk shows where I'm trying to express an opinion, a host interjects, and it doesn't necessarily represent my opinion, but then I'm sort of guilty by association and people cut it out of context. I've always had a problem with things that I can't control, and that's just why I'm I, I won't do it anymore. You know, we did the Muslim bakery video. The calls came in and I prayed about it and I sat and I spoke with uh, my wife. I was actually in Florida and, you know, it turns out they were like, well, we could get you to Fort Lauderdale. And I, I just said, you know what? I just don't want to do it anymore. It's not for me. I don't want to do this anymore. This is something that I genuinely love. I have a passion for. I think it comes through in the program. So anyways, plus I wouldn't be able to call Hillary Clinton a complete and total bitch. So now we can. 
what if the Tonight Show called? Would you go on there? I, I would do. Yeah, I would do like I would do the Tonight Show or you know Bill Maher shows where I felt I could actually change minds, but not just shows where it's get on and we're gonna we're gonna demagogue and talk about these these issues. Anyways, so let me give you a couple. We'll come back after the break, but Hillary Clinton. Uh, parked in a handicapped spot flagrantly. If that doesn't make someone a bitch, I don't know who does. Hillary Clinton attacked women who came forward who were sexually harassed by her husband. Doesn't make someone a bitch. I don't know who does. Hillary Clinton, by the way, we'll talk about this. Right after this break, staged everything in her campaign stop in Iowa. From the shop, the location, to paid actors. Louder with Crowder. We will talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. You are always listening to Louder with Crowder. There's no other acceptable program to listen to. There's one other. Which one? Oh, that's right. London Calling, Saturday nights at 10 on Wham. Oh, good Lord. I know, I'm a jerk. <laughs> He's like, stop plugging your show. Uh, so at six, at uh, well, I don't want to say, at the half hour, we will have Rob Wolf come on, uh, one of the most famous dietitians i guess you would say in the world he's actually a biochemist the guy knows his stuff we'll have be having a discussion on nutrition and he'll actually help fund dip uh personally so as opposed to just someone coming on and giving you the science though he does get sciency you'll get to hear him and fund dip uh figure out what's best for him and fun fund dip's losing how what are you down to now fund dip i went from 411 to 389.5 uh, at my last doctor visit Very but nice. And then I broke down and had pizza the other night. That's okay. Every now and then. But it was the whole thing. Hey, Hillary Clinton breaks down and has pizza every night. So, speaking of Hillary Clinton, have you have you seen a story on her Iowa visit? I heard bits and pieces of that. I didn't take the time to read the long-form version All right. of it. Well, let me give you the short form. So we have this at louderwithcrowder.com where we set some important quotes. So before any of this starts, Chuck Todd said, So hard in this new media age to do anything that looks spontaneous to the political world. This Hillary road trip has done just that. That's what Chuck Todd actually said. Mark Halperin said, part of, what, part of why yesterday was so successful is Hillary looks like she's having fun and she's doing for her new stuff. I don't know what that means. These are transcripts. A lot of these people don't know how to speak the English language properly. We've never seen her get a burrito before. Oh, stop the press. A big chick gets a burrito. <laughs> so... This report came to us from the Daily Mail. Hillary's campaign staff actually recruited and drove ordinary Iowans to her campaign stop. One of them was actually even a, a Democratic operative who drove Joe Biden around the state because when they asked for volunteers, um, he stood still, I think, where everyone else took a step back and, <laughs> or, or wheeled back, as we know with Joe Biden. He has a lot of the wheelchairs in his contingency. Stand up for me, Joe. So... This is supposed to be spontaneous. Uh, I, I, it's it's one of those like, listen, I get it. I mean, you're trying to stack the deck in your favor. I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I don't have a problem with a politician, I guess, going somewhere. And, you know, they have to ensure that it's secure. So at a certain point, it's disingenuous anyway. You know, a president is not just walking into a five guys and grabbing a burger. You can make sure you can be sure that the the, the NSA has tapped their emails, made sure none of them have a, a last name with with too many consonants. Um, 
That that was an anti-terrorist so joke. That was the old administrations. Now they're trying to make sure that you have too many consonants so that you know Barack's in a pleasant place for him. <laughs> Where he feels most comfortable. Oh, what? We've got five guys who are associated with terrorism? Yeah, we totally want to have burgers with them as long as they're halal. Yeah, exactly. Let's go on down to Lashish. And it's okay, I can say Lashish because they are in Ann Arbor, but they shut down because they were funneling money to Hezbollah, and now it's a different name, and the restaurant is delicious. Those terrorists make great food. There's no <laughs> but the point is here with Hillary Clinton, nothing about her is genuine. Okay, let, let me, let me, and everyone else will be talking about Hillary Clinton. I mean, we have a top five list as to why she's anti-woman on the website. We'll go into that. Specifically, when they claim she's a strong feminist, why that couldn't be more untrue. What's important here is not just the talking points. And and please stop with the names. Oh, bummer. Oh, dumber. Killery. Killery's not even clever. Like, just that's not how you're going to win an election, okay? What's important is focusing on the inconsistencies and the cultural narrative here. And I hate to use that word narrative. I know it sounds repetitive, but that's what Andrew Breitbart really focused on, and he's right. The narrative is a feminist, a woman. It's time. It's her turn. It's never your turn. It's never time for a crappy candidate to be president. Just it's because never... of their gender or something. Right, exactly. Just because of their gender, which is, of course, sexism. I'm supposed to vote for a uterus with, with hands and feet? I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where everyone tries to, again, even if you go on cable news on either side, everyone tries to walk the line. You'll have people who will write eloquently about why language matters and let's preserve our free speech, but they keep their hands clean. I'm the only one who went out and said, listen, every single person I've spoken with has said that Hillary Clinton is a total and complete bitch. By the way, people who are on the left, no, I don't think anyone would, would, would disavow that fact. I imagine even Bill would say that. I guarantee it. Well, he says it when he's in the, in the potato sack with uh, all his other mistresses. Hey, I'm, I'm sure he's given his burrito to plenty of people. Oh, gosh. That's not even a good euphemism. Well. Burrito. It's... 624 in the morning. If they were like a, you know, if they were like having Hebrew national hot dogs or something or I don't well, know. A burrito is cylindrical of sorts. Good lord. <laughs> he could have given somebody his chimney. This went This went south so fast. South it of the border? It didn't even take more than half an hour before <laughs> our show went down the tube. <laughs> anyway, but here's there's a great example. Okay, Bill and Hillary Clinton. Her greatest qualification is, I mean, honestly, her greatest qualification is having slept with the president probably less than half of the interns in Arkansas. <laughs> so she, she's not even good at that. But Ugh, just the thought of it. Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton, it's, it's well known. They didn't even sleep in the same beds. Okay, it's not like Bill Clinton cheated once. Listen, I believe, obviously cheating is, is one of the worst things you can do to a spouse. But I do believe that Sometimes people grow apart and sometimes people make mistakes and it's terrible, but I do believe that it is, it is salvageable. Not every act of infidelity is reason for immediate divorce. Okay, I've seen families who've come back from it where a guy made a mistake. Um, I haven't personally seen it where a, a, a woman does. doesn't mean that it can't happen. People will say I'm sexist. I've seen incidences where the guy made a mistake one time and it was really apologetic, got into an accountability group, had people bring him and have fixed marriages. The women just don't get caught. Well, I, I, yeah, you know, I have. I have <laughs> They're smarter I have, than men. 
I, well, I don't think it's in women's nature as much as men to go out and to be on the prowl. So I think you're going to have a higher statistic of obviously men who are who are cheating. But in this case, Bill Clinton didn't cheat once. Bill Clinton was sexually harassing women. Some of them weren't willing. And when they came forward, Hillary Clinton called them trailer trash. Hillary Clinton was just trying to silence them. OK, so so what's really important here to note is that Hillary Clinton, OK, was someone who didn't sleep with her husband. It was an entire sham for political gain the entire time. If you had people in your neighborhood and you knew that guy was stopping everyone in the neighborhood except his wife and she slept in a different room, but they were both doing it because it was conducive toward a job promotion and everyone knew it. That would be the, the people in the neighborhood that everyone talked about going, yeah, that's just... <laughs> That's Bill and Hillary. That's their marriage is just like, honestly, yeah, anyone can have a go at Bill and Hillary doesn't even care. You would have no respect for them. That's who these people are. That's who Hillary is. And she might be in the White House. That's important for people to know. If you think of these people, if they were in your neighborhood and I'm not saying vote based on who you'd like to invite to a barbecue. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying let's bring this back to reality. I'd invite Monica. Really? Yeah. You think Monica? Imagine the stories she could tell. Oh, the stories. I thought you were saying she was attractive. I mean, well, she was cute, but I mean, could you imagine sitting down and having a barbecue and talking to her about all of the things that she went through off record? You know, the things that she couldn't say to Barbara Walters. Well, she said it all now online. She's done her whole expose, and and honestly, there wasn't a whole lot more to it. She was a, 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 sorry, she was a dumb young girl who you know, was exploited by President Bill Clinton. I do, I do feel bad in that I think she thought they were in love. And Hillary Clinton was just, you know, Hillary Clinton was just getting his, his freak on with many, many other women, and she was one of them. So I do feel bad for her in that respect. That being said, she made bad decisions. She knew Bill was married. And then it goes back to, well, you know, well, I'm married, but, you know, it's on paper only. <laughs> I mean, come on. It's uh, it was pretty obvious, and I'm pretty sure that's how Monica Lewinsky justified it. So I, 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 there is some sympathy there, but now when she wants sympathy to say she was victim, you know, victimized, and Matt Drudge ruined her life, and if it weren't for Matt Drudge, I mean, she genuinely thinks the media should have covered it up. If you watch her interviews with Monica Lewinsky, she's not mad at the fact that she was a homewrecker, <laughs> in the loosest term of the word. She she doesn't take any blame for it. She blames. The media, she blames Matt Drudge for taking what uh, I think it was the New York Times put on page six and put it on page one. It changed what was important in media. And that's what's really important. here. The media is not going to tell you about the fraud, about Hillary parking in the handicapped parking space. By the way, it's been wiped clean off YouTube. We have it at ladderwithcredit.com. Her PR company has tried to remove every single video of her breaking the law parking in a handicapped parking space. It only gets worse. We'll talk about that after our next guest, Rob Wolf, after the break. Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. 
So glad to be back here on Louder with Crowder. Lovely guest, friend of mine, friend of the program, though when he was on, no one was listening. It's when the show first started. Uh, RobWolf.com, one of the, the, the guys who spearheaded the paleo diet movement. I guess I don't need to say his name because his website is his name. But Rob Wolf, thanks for being on the show. <laughs> uh, always glad to bring down property values. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're, you're literally in a double window screen with, with Fun Dip Dan, so I don't think you need to be concerned with that. Um, okay, before we go into, I think it'll be interesting to have you talk with, with Fun Dip because he's in a diet now and he's making some progress, so I'm sure you can help him. Rob, have you, you must have just gone bananas when the FDA changed officially their food pyramid chart. Well, I mean, it's gone through multiple iterations. Every five years, they have kind of a review, and there's a uh, a public review period where people can submit commentary and thoughts about the whole process. But it, it's really just kind of rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Like nothing comes of the scientific input other than the folks on the back end of that story. So yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating, but I think we're seeing a lot of changes happening from a market kind of driven perspective versus a top-down approach. So right. I, I think we'll have this war won and then they will change the the recommendations to reflect something reasonable. So do you are you saying that they are incorrect in telling me that six servings of Fruit Loops is healthier than a sirloin steak and salad? Well, I mean, incorrect based off of who's I think the system lost. that's going on right now, then it, it's a great process. But if you really want to help people and avert the uh, uh, obesity, type 2 diabetes epidemic that we have in our country and in Western societies, then it's probably not a great recommendation. How dare you? How dare you be <laughs> anti-science? <laughs> um, okay, well, so it's something we've been talking about for a while, obviously. And f- Fundip, um, I don't want to reveal anything. You know, obviously, this is this is your story, but Fundip right now is is in the process of losing weight. So, Fundip, why don't you tell Rob what it is that you're doing and, and what they have you doing right now, your dietitians or whoever you're working with? Well, the uh, the doctor today said I don't have any uh, diabetes, which is good. My thyroid, now that I'm on meds for that, I am back on track. But I refuse to take the medicine for my prolactinoma because it makes me angry and cranky. So. They keep saying, you need to go get an M. Uh, yeah. Well, Both angry and, and cranky. <laughs> angry and, cranky and frisky is a bad yeah. combo. Yeah, but uh, the basic deal is I need to st- still set up an MRI, but I have lost. I was at like 411, and I'm down to 389.5. Nice. I was just weighed uh, probably about an hour and a half ago at so, the doctor. So already you've lost a Justin Bieber. <laughs> well, two. the or more two, Biebers maybe. you lose, yeah. the better. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, but Fundip, you brought in, and this is where I think Rob is really, you know, and, and Rob and I disagree on some things, we agree on some things, but the diet they have you doing, you actually uploaded a video. So they had you eating, like, lots of carrots, right? Fruit fruit cups, Fundip? Well, they didn't uh, specify necessarily the fruit cups, but uh, I'm adding those to kind of replace the uh, cheese puffs. <laughs> And the pizza and stuff. So I'm like, you know, I gotta wean it, myself slowly to where I'm eating nothing but twigs, berries, and and uh, raw meat. Just as an aside, when I was doing molecular biology research, we used uh, just Cheetos throw that in there as a as a standard for uh, uh, quantifying UV release in in gel electrophoresis. So they they have a multiplicity of uses. Some of these food products. <laughs> Oh, very good. <laughs> I don't think yeah. that's how Fundit was putting them to use. It was more so the down the gullet. Use. Well, the, I, I have to tell you, though, if, for folks that do still eat them, eat them with chopsticks because then you don't get the orange fingers. 
that, yeah. that's a good idea. Then you won't fluoresce in the dark. So yeah. Yeah. only your colon will. But yeah. So Rob, so Fundip right is a blank canvas. He's he's looking. He's getting healthy. A very he large canvas. <laughs> oh God. See, this is one of those things where it's like we've talked about this. Some people have a hood pass. Some people have a fat pass. Obviously, I can't make the jokes, and then Fundip interjects, and I don't know if what's correct to laugh at. <laughs> You can laugh at it. You just can't say it. Okay. Just can't contribute to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You just yeah. can't contribute to it. But Unless uh, you gain, if you gain another 50 or 60 pounds, you're more than welcome to join the club. It's like that dentist on uh, Seinfeld. All right. Okay. You, you anti-dentite bastard. So, uh, Rob, what would you have? Firstly, by the way, Fundip, again, I'm not saying this to be insulting at all, but the fact that you don't have you know, cholesterol issues or diabetes, I mean, you're like a, you said you're over 400 pounds, right, Fundip? Well, not anymore. I'm 389.5. But you're a marvel of science. And I oh, think. Oh, yeah. And no high blood pressure either. My cat has higher blood pressure than me. And Rob, we've talked about this. Fundip drinks like a pot of coffee a day. And there mm -hmm. are a lot of intensive anti diabetic effects with coffee. So, firstly, can someone answer me that question? Why doesn't Fundip have diabetes? You, you know, it, it's interesting. Uh, not everybody who becomes overweight becomes diabetic. Not everybody that's type 2 diabetic is overweight. And that's some of the, the difficulty in pinning this stuff down. There's a lot of unique genetic variation in there. And, uh, you know, there's some interesting studies where there's certain cohorts of people that are significantly overweight, but they never experience any of these uh, metabolic deranging diseases, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, neurodegenerative disease. And so it becomes kind of complex ferreting out, you know, who has the real problems and what do we need to do to address that. From an orthopedic standpoint, we could make an argument that being lighter would be good. It'll be better on your hips, better on your knees. There's oh, and also, my back. And, and how old are you It'd right be now? be better on his wife. <laughs> I am 45 years old. 45. Uh, they've got me uh, supplementing with vitamin D, which is giving me good. more energy as well. But yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, my back went out. I ended up calling Stephen because I knew that his back had gone out before. He's the back, the back out expert. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. My back's been out in a since like 2010. He's back and he's out. Oh, geez. Well, that's the Planet Fitness video. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, I want to dive into it, but we have to go to a break in 30 seconds. But yeah, you know, you're you're. It's it's funny that you say that, Rob. It's hard. Like you can pull. You've, we've talked about this before. You can pull people out of the population, and different weights and all of them will have different problems it seems like the crossover right. is very difficult to find um okay let's just go to a break real quick that way we can let rob dig in with us schlubs and actually teach us louder with crowder we'll be back after the break you're listening to louder with crowder louder with crowder Listening to Louder with Crowder. But you're a strange animal. I got to follow. Back on Louder with Crowder, Rob Wolf, RobWolf.com. One of the most popular health and fitness podcasts in the history of the universe, right, Rob? It, yeah, but that's a clear sign that there's a lack of real talent in that vertical. Is it? So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like us with news and politics. <laughs> uh, but uh, so Fundit was talking about this. So he's he's looking to to, to lose weight. Um, to give you an idea, Fundip, you know, would come in and he would have Hebrew National hot dogs for breakfast. Uh, well, I mean, we have it on it's video. It's meat. It's beef. Yeah, I don't think there's anything I, wrong I, with I that. I see no real issue with that. Yeah. It's the buns yeah. that'll kill you. Yeah. Yes. So now they have you doing what some people would see as more traditional, right, Rob? Like more traditional dieting, calorie restriction, but not necessarily looking at the food groups. What would you do with Fundip 
to make him the best fund he can be. Well, you, you know, the, the key with this stuff, and it, it gets a little geeky, but we need to find foods that you just really can't overeat with. And so we were talking about, you know, the majestic Cheeto here a minute or, or just uh, maybe we need to call them orange cheese puffs so that we don't have uh, undue branding okay. being applied to that. But, uh, you know, uh, lean meats, fruits, vegetables, even things like a, a baked potato plain versus a baked potato with a bunch of ranch and sour cream and butter on it. Uh, we, if we move towards simple meals, uh, simple plates, then it becomes very difficult to overeat on that. But one of the the things that we find is that people say that they become bored and kind of woven into our genetics is this, this thing called palate fatigue. Like we just get bored with the stuff that's in front of us. And we now live in an environment where we have an infinite variety of foods, an infinite variety of flavors and textures and whatnot. And if you look at the strategies that professional food eaters employ, like a guy will be on a, a, a contest to eat 10 pounds of ice cream in like 15 minutes or something. And the guy is eight pounds in and he bogs down and the guy will order a plate of salty French fries, eat some French fries to get a change in the flavor. And then he's able to eat the rest of the food, which is really kind of counterintuitive. You know, you figure that once your belly is full, that you're completely full. But a lot of our, our appetite is driven by our brain. And the yeah. flavors that we send to the brain and whatnot will determine how much we eat or if we, we eat within a kind of reasonable parameters. So what tends to be successful, and this is regardless of if you eat low carb or paleo or vegan or whatever, it tends don't to limit food Don't say that word. Doctors. We don't allow yeah, that I know, word I know. the show. No eating but, you vegans. Know, I mean, it's, it, it, yeah, I... I don't have the warm snugglies for them either, but you know, there's a reality that you can pick almost any eating plan and it performs better than the American dietetics recommended plan, which is take any food that's available and food is very strongly in quotation points. Like a Twinkie is considered a food and you're just supposed to limit the portion sizes on that. But when you have these foods that have been cooked up by a chemist to be hyper palatable and taste really good and have this amazing, uh, uh, you know, kind of mouth feel it's very, very difficult. What's the Lay's commercial? Bet you can't eat just one. Oh, yeah. I, you, you know, they so, had in Canada, they had that high sticker, Mark Messier, pushing those things. Like, I mean, it was just like just pushing them on kids. And you know what? I thought, I, I, I bet you he's right. And I bought myself some Lay's. Yeah. And you didn't eat just one. I didn't so, eat just one. You, you know, so no that's one, one of these. One bag. Yeah, just one bag, one pallet. So it, the, it's interesting that uh, almost any dietary approach that limits food options to some degree will tend to be more successful than what the government is telling us to do. But yet then the government dietitians tell us that we have orthorexia or eating disorders right. by limiting certain types of food. So it's this, uh, it's an interesting rope-a-dope where... So why does if, the government, let me ask you this, but not to get political, but it is a political show. Why does the government s seem to consistently want to get more and more involved? I mean, even, listen... I, I don't believe that the government is necessarily inherently bad or inherently altruistic, right? They're bad. Okay, fund it. But they're they're increasingly getting involved in an area where they've been wrong. It would seem that if they want to help people, they would hire someone like you or more biochemists, right, and to do medical research and nutritional research as opposed to just, ah, eat 12 servings of grains a day. Well, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I will make – I'm going to make some folks angry because they're – you know, I – uh, there are a number of people who tend to be more conservative leaning that live in states where farm subsidies are kind of part and parcel with their existence. And we really 
didn't see this issue emerge until around 1970, 1971, when we uh, aggressively subsidized the production of food in the United States. And we had a couple of years where food was just rotting in warehouses. And so people said, well, we can't just increase food production and let it rot. So they started encouraging food uh, food manufacturers to figure out ways of making this food long shelf life and stable. And that really was the beginning of, you know, snack wells and all the junk food that, that we see today. So we have a oh, really snack complex wells. food Are those system. still around? I think they're still around and they still have an American Heart Association stamp on Is that the, the <laughs> green box, right? They would yeah, have like the all the cookies box. and stuff? Oh, oh their yeah. devil's food cookies were just insanely good. They're not bad. I wouldn't kick them out of bed for sure. So, <laughs> so you know, I mean, it's a, it's a really complex story. You have a lot of uh, money, a lot of political interests that are vested in this. You have a lot of people that derive their current income from what I call farmer welfare, and which pisses a lot of people off. Oh, but I know. It, well, we talked about talked about that with Lear Keith, too. And yeah. you know, it's funny, this idea. And, and she, I think she's wrong in a lot of issues, obviously. But this idea that, well, we have to save the farmer. And anytime you get into that, you, by the way, the welfare is being given to these giant corporate mega farms, right. too. The government right. gets involved just like banks. It's you not create, the little guys. No, it's yeah. not the little yeah. guys. And it's like, oh, we have to save the orange farm in Florida because of tomatoes in Colorado. That's probably scientifically inaccurate. They probably don't grow tomatoes in Colorado. But you get my point, Robert. <laughs> yes, I do. I do. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's a it's a complex issue. And, uh, uh, you know, interestingly, I don't know if you guys talked about this on the show, but uh, after 60 years of demonizing dietary cholesterol, the government did a complete retraction yes. on that story. And part of that story said that, it, it, I'll paraphrase it and I'll totally butcher it, but that in the future, we need to be much less arrogant about the assumptions that we make and let the data really stand for itself. And and that was kind of a bold statement to come out of a you know an institution like like the folks that put that that report out. Well that's what I was bringing up initially and I misspoke. I was talking about the food pyramid. I meant the cholesterol, the guy the oh, okay. cho- cholesterol okay. dietary guidelines. Yeah. I mean you must have just been through the roof happy about that because people have been saying that for years and it's like yeah. doctors have been slow to get on board because they're still afraid of cholesterol until finally they said, "Hey, this is just the reality." Yeah, you know, there was never any data to support the idea that cholesterol caused heart disease in the beginning that dietary cholesterol caused heart disease in the beginning. And we spent 50, 60 years and billions of dollars trying to prove something that never had really a, a scrap of evidence right from the get-go. And, and there's Why lots of examples of that. Why were they trying to prove it, That's my question. Why did they set out to – it seems that they set out to prove cholesterol as the villain, not is it good, is it bad? It seems like if you look at the studies, they were geared toward proving cholesterol as the dietary culprit. Am I wrong or why did No, it no, they that did. Way? And the folks that wrote the report were largely non-scientists who were vegetarian. Ugh. And so it, it, that's where it really all started from. You know, there was a committee that sat down to write these reports and they were vegetarian. And, and uh, there, there is some reality in research, the, the research world, that if you feed rabbits cholesterol, that they will develop atherosclerosis. But rabbits are herbivores. They're not omnivores like we are. And so we react to dietary cholesterol very, very differently and there is a, a, a genetic disease, familial hypercholesterolemia, where folks tend to die young. They die from a coronary artery disease. They have exceptionally high blood cholesterol and lipoprotein levels. And so they, they had a genetic disease where they saw it very rapidly advancing cardiovascular disease. And they had an animal model that seemed to say that dietary cholesterol was a causative factor 
there's some correlation there. But then when you even in the early iterations of this story, it, that was very weak science and the yeah. science that was really trying to implicate dietary cholesterol as being causative in cardiovascular disease. There was really nothing there. But there were some some kind of red herrings out there that directed people in a, a false direction and created a story that was palatable to people. Yeah. Well, that's what my, my dad's doctor, actually, he's a great doctor, but even he was like, well, you know, keep your eggs limited. And so my dad did the, you know, the green smoothies for, for and I talked about that, I did that for a long time. Just horrible right. for my thyroid. You know, blending up right. some fruit is fine with some, you know, some uh, like kefir and some, I'll actually put in some egg yolks. I basically made right. like a homemade eggnog. It's delicious. Um, right. But yeah, the, the, the green smoothie trend now, I mean, you see that uh, health expert on TV with your drink. I can't, I can't use the actual... I guess patented term. It's a, let's call it Nutra smoothie, right? And uh, everyone's just like, "Well, if I just throw everything and go ape crap crazy in a blender, I'll be healthy." Yeah, it'll be. Yeah. I, I like to, a goose, but oh well. Yeah, <laughs> I tend to eat a lot of salmon and a lot of uh, flank steak and even ground beef. If I make a decent sloppy Joe and and don't use the bun, I can't imagine there's anything wrong with tomato sauce and ground beef. No, I mean, it, it, it's great stuff. And, you know, the, the thing that should drive all this, particularly on an individual level, uh, you should be able to experiment and figure out what works for you. Clearly, I have kind of a, you know, this paleo ancestral diet kind of orientation. Let's say I'm crazy and I don't know what I'm talking about, though. Uh, but people could try this stuff on like a sweater. You, you get some blood work done. You do something for 30 or 60 days, get some blood work done at the end of it. And if your cholesterol looks better and you look, feel, and perform better, then we're on a good track. If things are looking goofy, then we have some really simple other templates that we can use. Again, whether it's vegetarian or vegan or, or what have you, let's really let the outcome-based medicine drive that story. Well, and you know what? It's funny you say that because, full disclosure, Rob and I have, have worked uh, together behind the scenes a little bit, really just kind of some advice. Um, so when I was – I have the cholesterol numbers in front of me. May, may I, Rob? Yeah, please. Discuss. So please. this was um, yeah. my cholesterol was two nineteen, and actually it was always pretty good. My cholesterol was two nineteen, uh, LDL one forty, HDL sixty. Triglycerides were a little little higher than ideal at ninety four, um, and that was when I was doing a lot of green smoothies, kind of more not vegetarian, but limiting the meat because that's what I was told. Then I said, mm -hmm. okay, started eating more eggs, meat in the morning, uh, not no carb, not paleo, full disclosure, but more focused more on on meat and didn't bother with fat and eliminating a lot of refined carbohydrates cholesterol right. went from 219 to 178 ldl went from 140 to 115 hdl stayed about the same it went to 54 triglycerides dropped from 94 to 59 yeah and the triglycerides are the indicator of how insulin resistant you are Right. And so you went from heading down the road towards diabetes to completely pulling that, that back and you're never going to become diabetic from that. Right. And every well-controlled, randomized control trial that's compared like a little bit higher fat, higher protein diet with a higher carbohydrate diet, particularly refined carbohydrates, we see this again and again. When people eat more protein, more fat, their blood lipids tend to go in a favorable direction. Uh, they tend to spontaneously eat less, which it's funny. The researchers will then... Uh, uh, add more food to try to keep the calories even because in science you do want to compare apples to apples right but the irony is that if you just simply eat more protein and fat you tend to eat fewer calories overall and that's the problem ultimately is people overeat and that was kind of my point earlier about the neuroregulation of appetite if we eat certain foods they tend to tell our brain hey we're good we're finished we've eaten enough and then you're satisfied and you don't feel hungry and it has all these great metabolic benefits too so probably the best thing would be to eat the nuts, eat the eat the uh, hot dogs without the bun, 
eat more steaks, eat more chicken, uh, and then gotta have some greens, I would imagine. My two favorite greens are broccoli and Brussels sprouts. Yeah. Yeah, lots of fruits and vegetables within that that template, and I, I think you're set. So, like, breakfast could be the Hebrew Nation hot dog with a... Well, hold a on one second. I have to let you go. We'll be right back after the break with okay. a personalized Fun Dip diet plan. Rob Wolf, stay tuned. If you're anything like me, you enjoy a good glass of wine. But finding the right kind can be a hassle. Or maybe you want to buy a nice bottle as a gift but don't know where to start. That's where Simplified Wine comes in. Simplified Wine makes buying good wine simple. Just call 844-297-WINE, where a qualified sommelier will take your information budget, send you a curated list, and then wine straight to your door. It's just that simple. By the way, they also have a price match guarantee, so it's not only the easiest way to get great wine, but the least expensive. All you do is call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE. That's 844-297-WINE. Or don't like phone calls, you can just go to simplifiedwine.com and hit the Simplify button. Same thing, just digital. Any wine you want, they can get. Just call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE to have the best wine at the best price delivered straight to your door. Guaranteed. What could possibly be simpler? Call Simplified Wine today. 844-297-WINE. We're back. Rob Wolf on Louder with Crowder. Um, okay, so Rob, we asked you a question, then you got all sciencey on us. And people pass out. I have, yeah. I, I have, I'm the perfect cure for insomnia. I talk and people fall asleep. Well, so. you know, that's a big part of your of your plan with recovery is proper yeah, sleep. Yeah. You're a if big If you advocate. sleep better, you will be healthier across the board. Right. So they, they did recommend today that I need to take a sleep apnea uh, test, and I'm really leery of that because of all the things glued to your head. I don't know how I would even survive it. You know, I would hold Man, so <laughs> the deal with sleep apnea is that if you aren't sleeping well, that can make you very, very insulin resistant. We work a lot with police, military, and fire. And those folks, because of their shift work, even if they eat well, even if they exercise a lot, they become very insulin resistant and can look like a type 2 diabetic. So if you have sleep disturbance, there could be an argument for using like a CPAP uh, machine to help you sleep better and you use it for two or three months until your weight drops and your, it, it, but they said that you weren't insulin resistant though. Yeah. Um, they, I think that they thought, well, he's a fat guy. Clearly we need to get him a CPAP. Right. You know, you, you, you could do something. I know it's strange, but it's true. I, I, I'm just trying to figure out how to, uh, uh, you know, tactfully uh, transition to the next topic. You can't. But, um, you can't. There's how no the hell do you go from in. that? Yeah. So, so like, you this could, fat bugger over here. He needs a CPAP. Just give him three of them. He'll so eat them. Shifting gears somewhat. Uh, uh, you could get a Jawbone or some sort of a sleep monitoring app on your iPhone or, or smartphone. And if you do are. They, do they have that for the uh, the flip phone? <laughs> You're um, thinking Java. I think, that, I, I think that they have a, <laughs> di- a, a, a rotary dial for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I got that in the basement. Okay, perfect. But, you know, there's some really cheap, inexpensive things that can give you an idea if you're just having terrible sleep. If you're having terrible sleep, it, 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 demarcated by you're waking up multiple times a night and whatnot, then you could go in, get a sleep study, possibly use a CPAP to get you over the hump so that if you sleep better, you will absolutely become less insulin resistant and you will lose weight more effectively. You Even though on the, problem, though. you don't seem to have that problem. Like you seem to no, sleep I, well, you don't snore a lot. And well, you don't have I, insulin resistance. That's for sure. Yeah, no insulin resistance. I don't know if I snore a lot. The cat doesn't say so. Okay. Uh, 
hard to hard to say. But I do I do get up uh, now that I'm over forty, and uh, wake up a couple of times at night to take care of stuff uh, as far okay. as you know restroom and that. Well, you know, and that that's an interest. That is another interesting side effect of, of uh, carrying extra fat mass. Uh, is that we tend How to dare you. with within our fat yeah i'm going to be be burned at the stake um within our fat we have an enzyme called aromatase which converts testosterone into estrogen and when that estrogen level goes up then it tends to irritate the prostate so that is this, true this is when i go on this, bulking cycles i always notice i mean i don't go on bulking cycles but when i'm when i'm like hey it's winter and i'm lifting heavy so i'm not concerned about it and i put on maybe 10 pounds i always notice i have to get up to yeah, the bathroom yeah so i mean that that is one of the sneaky side effects of carrying excess body fat is that you will convert testosterone into estrogen. And, and biology played a really interesting trick on men. The, the part of the brain that regulates testosterone levels responds to estrogen. So your estrogen levels go up and then the brain gets this feedback loop and it sees high estrogen levels. And then it says, well, we have adequate testosterone. So it actually downregulates testosterone production. And you get in this very vicious feed forward kind of kind of situation with that. Yeah, that's ex that's exactly what the prolactinoma does. It okay. it's on the pituitary gland, and it's this growth, and it reduces the testosterone, and it and it increases the estrogen, and I end up liking art, French films, and cats. <laughs> well, we 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 could talk later. Um, yeah, <laughs> offline. Um, yeah, you, he's you like, hey, what? I want to go out with Fun Dip. I and he, he also I'm admitted on, on now by Rob. Fun Dip also <laughs> admitted on air that he would uh, engage in relations with a transgender man. So he is definitely going full. You uh, have a dress, Rob. <laughs> I, I neither. Uh, <laughs> I'm my, sorry, my Rob. Has, I'm sorry. My daughter has many tutus. Does that count? So I don't know. I don't think they'll fit you. Yet. You know, something I would throw to your doctor, and in some docs freak out about this, but while you're trying to lose weight, while you're in that process, seeing if the doctor would be willing to get you on a Rimadex, which is an aromatase inhibitor, you you could make a very strong argument for that, improving your. Uh, uh, prostate function and also helping to naturally raise your testosterone levels. Although with the prolactinoma, there may be some contraindications with that, but that might be something to run up the flagpole with them. Now the, the prostate thing is called a rima what? A rimadex. A rimadex. And it, it okay. originally was a cancer drug for breast cancer that responds to estrogen. But what, huh. what it does is it prevents the conversion of testosterone into estrogen. And then there's also and, like clomiphene citrate clomid, I know, but it acts mm -hmm. differently, right? Where it's, uh, is it like an estrogen, is it well, like it, a, a, an analog kind of? Clomid actually stimulates the production of testosterone. It produces luteinizing hormone and actually causes the, the uh, release of testosterone. And so that would be if... Uh, uh, somebody due to metabolic issues or inflammation, like they've basically taken their testicles offline and you need well, to... Fondip's wife has done that. Wing the <laughs> bell and... <laughs> no, not her testicles. Italian, I meant so Fondip's right testicles. There. I knew what you meant. Okay, good. So Rob, Rob, okay. We don't have too much time and I feel like we've we've already ruined reputation. So let me bring it back. <laughs> like simplify for Fundip, right? Because we're we might even start a fitness log here on the YouTube channel for those listening to Restrially, ladderwithcredit.com. You can stay up to date. Um, what should Fundip be doing, right? Like you see him bringing in his lunchbox. What would be, you know, Fundip loves his Hebrew nationals. He loves his beef. He loves you salmon, know, salmon, all that stuff. What should he be doing to make it sustainable and just lose weight and not be, like you said, not be longing for stuff, the Cheetos? You, you know, the point there about sustainability is really the key. And you, usually what we need is enough variety so that we stick on a, a reasonable plan, not so much variety that the variety becomes 
uh, cheese puffs. So, you know, like the Hebrew national in the morning with, um, a, a you know, a couple of handfuls of nuts, wait, you, you know, do a couple of ounces in a Ziploc bag. Lunch a could be salmon with a bunch of uh, uh, veggies. The, it, you know, uh, epidemiologically, the coffee that seems to be the more you drink, the the longer you live. So I, I wouldn't you have, have many issues with, with that. Every meal. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, how about beans and cheese? Um, I like I like beans to a certain extent. Uh, I like sauerkraut, and I need cheese. I have to have like a good ten year cheddar. Is that okay? That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. You know, so within that that framework, just get as much variety as you can, but keep the meals rel- relatively simple, like one or two items per meal, and then maybe you run a week or two with a, basically the same breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then you really change it up. So instead of the Hebrew national for breakfast, then it's like a hot link and some coconut chips or something. Like It's still kind of the same template, but you're changing it up. You're changing the, the textures. You're changing the, um, the seasonings, and then that way you won't be completely burned out on this versus right. three months of Hebrew national and then going crazy. Well, yeah, just ditch the damn fruit cups, fun dip. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't. The problem is you have like these nutritionists who go out there and um, you know they're giving fun dip advice based on like you said the FDA guidelines, you know, which are outdated already, and they're even acknowledging now. So fun dip, I think you'll be happier with this. You'll be able to eat the stuff you like, and um, I mean, I th- I think it'll just I think it'll work. That's why I wanted to have an intervention with Rob. And bring him on. Basically, he was throwing you under the bus to die by bringing you on. <laughs> well, as long all, as it's all, a red double-decker bus, I'm okay. Perfect. Oh, Perfect. You and your Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> no, that's just my <laughs> that's fascination. My fascination that's with London. But yeah, he's got the TARDIS. He knows what's going on. But the red double-decker bus ties in with London Calling, my show on Saturday nights, 10 p.m. to midnight. I play the best. All right. Let's, you know what, since you're going to do that, let's let Rob get his plug in. Rob, get your plug in. If people want to find you and learn more, about you know uh, sensible diet, health, nutrition, like you do, where, where should they go? Well, now that I'm on parole, uh, they can usually <laughs> find me at robwolf.com, two Bs, R-O-B-B-W-O-L-F. And then I have a podcast that, oddly enough, is in the top five on iTunes, uh, 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 The Paleo Solution. So you can check that That's stuff true. out. That's true. And we've stolen some of your guests. Um, Gary Wilson with the Your Brain on yeah. your brain on Porn was a, a great guest who, yeah, if, if people don't you listen to You get used to it after a while. <laughs> what you're oh gosh he's like what uh it took me a while to catch it and then i realized of course it comes from a a perverted place with fun dip uh, so rob thank you so much for coming on and what we would love to do is have you come back on and uh and we'll we'll follow fun dip's progress and, and see where he's going and uh, if it doesn't work we'll we'll totally throw you under the bus and blame it all perfect on you. perfect any any failure on your part it, you can attribute to me there you go. It's all Rob's fault. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. And any yeah. success we will attribute to Oprah. Rob Wolf, thank you very much, but we must let you go. <laughs> Bye, guys. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Louder with Crowder. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. You are so glad to be having you listening to me. It's always weird. Like, why do we need to tell the listener who they're listening to? They're aware. No, they're not. The, okay. av- the average listener has just gotten into their car, and they're like, what? I don't know what I've got on. That's the average listener? Yeah. Where, where's the science coming from on that? What are, where are the numbers? Uh, it's numbers from the 70s, so it's, uh, you know. 
<laughs> not necessarily up to speed. But uh, there you go. So Rob Wolf, great guest. Hopefully you will uh, take some of his advice there. I'm going to try, but I, I've got some nuts in here. So we're Yeah, gonna... nuts are fine. Nuts, your, your Hebrew national hot dogs just without the bun for breakfast. Yeah, I got nuts, cranberries, raisins, and some kind of twigs. Well, we're going to get into the top reasons Hillary is anti-woman, but I did write a column here that I know Fundip is going to lose his mind about. And I think it's important for conservatives to hear this. And the column is called Why Every Conservative Needs to Be Watching the Goldbergs. I and, love uh, that show. I know. Fundip loves the show. And, you know, it's funny because it was almost foreshadowing. I, I talked about, so I have a list of reasons why you should watch the Goldbergs, conservatives out there. Let me, let me say the most important thing here, and then I'll, I'll actually tweet this out for the online listeners. If you are a conservative... You need to focus on supporting good content. You need to focus on the positive things as opposed to always boycotting and complaining. You can't just boycott and complain and say, MSNBC this and media is that. When something comes out that you should be happy about, you need to support it. Not just Chick-fil-A. It can't all be hard, you know, hardline work conservative or Republican. But if there's a, a program out there that embraces family values, is something that you can watch with your family, is something that doesn't sucker punch you, you need to support it. But then you get these people that are complaining because the father is honest with his kids when they do stupid things. Right, yeah. Well, some conservatives, they think moron is a cuss word. They don't like the fact that there are some words in there that they bleep out. And what's funny about the Goldbergs is if ever there's cussing, they bleep it out and blur it out even though they don't have to, which makes it funnier. Yeah, oh, I love that. You just... And they only it's, do it with the mom because she's the sweetest one, so it just comes out of nowhere and then just beep. Yeah, it's brilliant. So let me give you a few reasons you should be watching the Goldbergs for conservative. It's the first and foremost, it's hilarious. It's a funny show. It's a quality show. Conservatives, Christians, stop only seeing films. And stop Jewish only folks see, too. What was that? Jewish folks too. Yeah, Jewish folks too. Obviously, it's the Goldbergs. It's said uh, it's a Jewish family in the 1980s. Don't just go by message. Go by quality of content. Quality of content is up there with anything on, on TV right now with the Goldbergs. So th th there's your first reason. It's funny and it's a good show. Your second reason is it's, it's incredibly pro-family, the Goldbergs. Whenever you watch it, it doesn't focus on dysfunction. It doesn't focus on divorce and brokenness. It focuses, obviously, on the idiosyncrasies that every family member has, but coming together and, and placing family above all else um, which is just a really cool thing to see on TV. I thought there was such a sweet moment between Barry, who is the middle child, so he's he's the older of the two sons, and the youngest son, Adam, who is based on the producer of the show. Right. Uh, they had a moment where Adam is fed up with being picked on and, and kind of beaten up a little bit by his older brother, and his older brother says to him, but that's how I tell you I care, or I tell you that I love you. That's how yeah, I hug you. Yeah, I, that's how I hug you. That's what it was. Because, yeah, brothers don't hug each other at that age. They they roughhouse. And I thought right. that was so cool, even though I never had a brother. Which is now, of course, that's your patriarchy is showing. We try and change the way males communicate. You need to find a healthier outlet. Well, what's a healthier outlet, outlet than wrestling with my brother? I can't imagine something that would be a healthier outlet, outlet, outlet. <laughs> Now, you actually have siblings, right? Is I do. I have an older guy? brother. You know, he wasn't that – he, um, when he had his friends around sometimes, which would bother me if they kind of picked on me, but he wasn't that bad. Jordan and I were – he was more reserved. He's more shy. 
and I was more outgoing. So he he bullied me a little bit, but he was usually pretty good. He wasn't like a, a, a jerk brother. You know, he was a little bit – there were other issues, obviously, that you have with siblings, but it wasn't the typical no- noogie, purple nurple, you know, cripple nipple, all of those uh, – all of those moves. Every now and then, though, he would put me in line. Um, I, you know, I have to go back to that. But again, with the Goldbergs, it's never vulgar. It's incredible. What I love about the Goldbergs, too, though, is it's very politically incorrect, even though it's a clean show. Like, they don't shy away from, you know, they're very open about the fact that things in the 80s were not nearly as politically correct. I mean, when you have a kid, Adam Goldberg, a, a Jew at a school who is trying to get into the Christian play. <laughs> he wants to be Jesus in uh, Jesus Christ Superstar. I loved that episode. I was which, dying. Which, listen, Jesus was a Jew, obviously, but it's just funny because there's a conflict in the show where yeah, they just yeah. completely go, you know, they steer into it head on. Uh, also, liberal critics hate the Goldbergs, for people who don't know. They panned this thing when it came out, and they didn't pan it saying it was bad. You know, they tried to say, well, it was corny and it wasn't cutting edge enough. But um, what's funny is the show almost got pulled, and this is sort of a commentary on how entertainment is changing it's one of their most successful shows now, and that was entirely because of Hulu and online viewership. So Nielsen, all of those ratings, I mean, they're becoming obsolete because you have shows that have, if, if you actually account for the online views, you have shows that might be dead last in their time slot that are actually number one by far. And uh, a great example of that was Parks and Rec. was never a was never a ratings powerhouse for NBC. But when you accounted for even The Office, a lot of everyone loves The Office, but The Office never pulled in great ratings. I hated the American version; it was awful. Uh, I love both versions, but uh, so liberal critics hated it. It also, by the way, comes out of a conservative production company, Happy Madison. So that's probably a a good reason as to why the liberal uh, critics didn't really like it. But most importantly, I do think. The Goldbergs is one of the only shows on television that leaves you happier, feeling better for having watched it. You can easily watch every episode twice in the same 24-hour period. You watch it, you go, I want to watch that again the next evening or the next day when you're taking a break from work or whatever. And you can watch it with your kids. You can watch it with your wife. And we joke about it constantly. There's always a Goldbergs reference in our family. Well, or a Star Wars reference, but the Goldbergs like Star Wars. The Goldbergs do like Star Wars, and uh, no, you're, you're you're right. It's 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 a show that you can watch over and over. It's it is kind of I guess you'd say cotton candy. It's fluff, but it's good fluff. It's it's uplifting fluff. It's pro family fluff. If you just want to get away and laugh, so I think it's really important because I see so many conservatives who are very negative. And listen, we complain too. We're going to come back and we're going to go through a top five list of why Hillary Clinton is anti woman. So I get it. But it's equally as important to support good content out there, to vote with your dollar, vote with your feet, and, and, and go out there and, and help these people. You know, if the, if the Goldbergs gets polled, it'll just be replaced with something that's going to be, you know, just as far to the left as Goldbergs would be, I guess, to the right. And, you know, like I was saying, it was kind of foreshadowing because I wrote this column. And then that night they did an episode dealing with the Mondale Reagan election. <laughs> And, I, I and, felt so bad that Erica was for Mondale. I'm like, I would have been <laughs> arguing with her in high school. But I will say this. If it were any other show, it would have been jab after jab after jab after jab at Reagan, right? It would be constantly. And this one didn't at all. Listen, it didn't endorse Reagan. It didn't endorse Mondale. It more so focused on the conflict between a mom and a dad who were Reagan and a daughter who was Mondale. And it ended with saying, hey, the good thing is everyone started reading up and, and thinking for themselves when it came to politics, there was nothing in there 
And some conservatives will get mad because there might have been jokes on both sides that were lighthearted. There was nothing in there that was uh, anything upsetting or offensive towards conservatives. And they easily could have done it. They deliberately avoided that, which makes me think they're conservative. Because if you go full liberal, it only helps your career. If you decide to be on the fence with political issues, I tend to believe you're a conservative in Hollywood because, I mean, why? Unless you're trying to hide something because, you know, you can lose work in that industry. So Goldbergs, please go watch it this week. We'll be back to give you more info on Hillary that you have not heard anywhere else. Louder with Crowder. Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. Boom. That was Fun Dip. That was Fun Dip Dan letting you know in case you forgot. In case you've forgotten who your daddy is, which is me. And Fun Dip Dan is Mama Bear, by the uh, way. What the heck kind of? No way. You're the I'm, one who I'm said. The, I'm the dad. You're the one who said you would be totally comfortable getting into a relationship with a transgender man and we'll no never no a transgender that. woman no. trans man to woman i will let the audience when they are a woman that's yeah. fine with yeah. me sure yeah okay but well, not you made a horribly ugly woman let's be honest okay you don't want me to reveal the private texts you <laughs> would have gladly gladly partaken <laughs> of the <laughs> Of me as a woman, you would uh, you would have had to have a much smaller butt for me to even consider okay. it. All right, Gee, follow look, us on Twitter like at First Lady at S Crowder and at Fun Dip Dan to stay up to speed on everything that's going on in the week. Of course, videos. So this week, listen, there really hasn't been a whole lot going on outside of Hillary announcing. And so, if you look at media, uh, it also does tell us. Listen, Hillary Clinton is a, is a formidable opponent. So conservatives are going after her because she is a very, very formidable opponent. And I've said this before. She's not likable, but it doesn't matter because the media will, will carry the heavy water with that and try and make her seem likable. If it's Hillary, if it's a Clinton versus Bush ticket in 2016, Republicans lose. I think if, if it's a Clinton versus Bush ticket, I'm putting a Glock in my mouth. Oh, gosh. I don't know if you can say that on radio. I think so. No, you just did. We'll see what happens. Boom. I'm done. I can't sometimes, take it anymore. Sometimes I'm amazed that we haven't gotten a message from the FCC. Just what? for your presence. Yeah. Who is this gentleman? Uh, aside from that, it was tax day. Did you get your taxes done, Fun Dip? I have no idea. That's not my responsibility. All right. Well, I think my wife finished it. The IRS, it's, you know, it's one of those things where a lot of conservatives, they just use the buzzword, you know, right? Abolish the IRS. Well, the thing is, uh, there's good reason to be afraid of the IRS. So let's look at a couple of them. In 1925, there was a $10 million back tax request made by the IRS Commissioner David Blair to Republican Senator James Cousins. He previously launched an investigation on the IRS, fought the $10 million case against himself, and proved that he'd actually overpaid his taxes by about $1 million. This is a 
This is a guy who works in the IRS. They harass the press. They've always harassed the press. The IRS President Roosevelt used the IRS to harass newspaper publishers. Uh, fast forward to the, of course, the Obama administration. Who've, um, I mean, they've audited nearly every major conservative outlet. I've worked with conservative nonprofits. The IRS audits them like clockwork every two years. I know people who've worked at liberal nonprofits. They've never been audited. Uh, targeting of political rivals. I mean, the IRS. If you if you see, they were given by President Nixon a list of people to target. According to White House Counsel John Dean, um, obviously the IRS hurt small businesses. The IRS targeted over 20,000 small businesses in 2013 for extra scrutiny. What's funny to me is why does a small business need extra scrutiny? Anyway, Fundip's eyes are glazing over because it's not his responsibility. My point is <laughs> go beyond the buzzword. Abolish the IRS. Can you answer if someone says why? Can you answer that follow-up? If someone says, why abolish the IRS? It's much more important to know why you believe what you believe than to just speak it. Because I want my own money. You want your own money. There you go. Although no MSNBC more wealth redistribution. See, you're just throwing out the buzzwords. I know. You're just throwing out the buzzwords. Uh, so Hillary Clinton is a formidable opponent. And I've said this for, for a long time on this program. Sexism will be the new racism. And we're seeing that coming to fruition. I mean... Think about it. For crying out loud, I'm a comedian, a comedian, who, a clean comedian who got flack for using the word bitch. Listen to any rap video. Go on any Comedy Central roast, any any stand up act that's really not named Stephen Crowder, and you will hear much, much worse. Oh, I do like that one rap song, Bees Ain't S. Gosh, I don't know who does it, but it's a really catchy one. Yeah, well, that's pretty much you have it in the title. We can't say it. Well, you can say bit, bitches ain't, but you can't say the last part. So the reason for that is they're going to try and push Hillary Clinton out, right, as a strong feminist. They've, they've claimed her a strong feminist. Well, let, let's look at her track record. So Hillary Clinton's husband not only has no self-control, not only is he a complete pervert and sex fiend with no respect for women. This is only redeeming quality. <laughs> He's entertaining. But Hillary intimidated and actually suppressed any woman who came forward with accusations against her husband. Um, I've got a quote here from Political Insider. Hillary ran a war room to crack down on so-called bimbo eruptions. <laughs> That's the term, bimbo eruptions. This is from Political Insider. This isn't a right-wing site. This was a name given to countless stories of infidelity and sexual assaults committed by Bill Clinton over the years. So I don't, I, I don't know. I thought being a voice for women sort of prohibited you from silencing women who'd actually been sexually assaulted. Not the Lena Dunham, I kind of regret it, you know, semi-rape-rape rape because she's a child molester. She's trying to cover that up. I mean, actual sexual assault that's verifiable with Bill Clinton. Wouldn't a feminist say, hey, hey, Bill, cut it out? Um... She or, or even a wife, for that matter. Bill, knock it off. Yeah, exactly. Number two, she defended a child rapist and laughed about it. Laughed about it. That's the kind of stuff that has Satan shuffling papers in hell saying, I, I don't even have a form for this. <laughs> laughed. Laughed about defending a child rapist. It's up at ladderwithcredit.com. You can see the video clip. 
Of course, she's obviously a strong advocate for abortion, which leads to gender side in nearly every developing country because of sexism in those countries. They want boys because boys can help provide for the family more effectively. Boys can go out and work a manual labor job. So supporting abortion is intrinsically supporting the genocide of women. Women are aborted at a much higher rate, an alarmingly higher rate than boys across the world. She doesn't believe women can afford their own birth control. How is that a champion of women's rights? That's one thing I've never understood with the left. You say, women are strong. Okay, great. Women don't need men. Right. We're independent. Okay. Pay for my birth control. What? It's $7 a month. Yeah, but patriarchy. You can pay for it. I don't want to pay for your birth control. Sexism! Yeah, and it's like they start off, they say... I want to pay my own way for my dinner. I don't want you to open the door for me. But then that. Right. Whatever happened to just stripping your way through college? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Honestly, we that's a joke, right? It's a joke publicly. Ah, yeah, it's just, this one's stripping her way through college. Okay? It's not me condoning strip clubs, any of that. I'm just making, it's, I'm just making a statement. That's <laughs> a joke. But, but what I'm- is more demeaning to a woman? Stripping her way independently through college or claiming that she can't afford her own birth control. I think the proud capitalist way is the way to go. I believe so, too. <laughs> Honestly, stripping your way through college, it's pretty shameful. It's not as no, shameful not. as being unable to afford your own birth control. It's just funny <laughs> to me that this, like they don't see this irony. Uh, and, of course, Hillary Clinton accepted millions of dollars from countries who oppress and suppress women. So in countries, Rand Paul actually said this. It's up at uh, the website. In countries that stone people to death for adultery and imprison ladies for adultery, this is the kind of thing that would you would think someone for women's rights would be standing up against instead of accepting thinly veiled bribes. I don't even know what, what the legality is, so I don't want to misspeak because I'm not a lawyer and I know everyone will get on radio and they'll act as though they are. Even lawyers don't necessarily understand campaign finance law. It's incredibly complex. But it seems to me that it wouldn't be legal to accept campaign donations or funding from Saudi Arabia. One would think. One would think. I mean, why should they be allowed to affect American elections? It's kind of like when Osama bin Laden, remember he released that that tape from his hut? And he said that if, if America doesn't vote for John Kerry, there will be another attack. (laughs) <laughs> his endorsement of Kerry sealed the deal for Bush. I love the Alice Cooper quote. It was during the Kerry election. He said, if I weren't already a Bush supporter, I would read the list of Kerry supporters and immediately switch. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I mean, he had uh, uh, Osama bin Laden, Saddam Hussein, Hillary Clinton. They were all in good company endorsing John Kerry. Although I'll tell you what, John Kerry, you know, our John Kerry was McCain and Romney. They didn't have anyone good to run, so they ran Kerry. And that was like, listen, no one was excited about McCain or Romney. Let's be honest here. Yeah, there hasn't been a really strong, good candidate on the right since late 1979. You know what's funny is people say Ted Cruz, and I like Ted Cruz as a person, but... um. I was talking with my producer, the video producer, Jared, here about it, and he's not inherently political, so it's always good to get his perspective. He just said, you know, Ted Cruz, just the way he speaks, it, it very much comes across like a coached politician. 
you know, even when he's right and he's winning a debate, he, he sits down and he talks to you in this way, and this is why that's important. Allow me to make my point and puts his little thumb up. I don't know what this is with the thumb up, the Bill Clinton, the thumb in the fist. I don't know who coaches them on that. But if you do that, you, it immediately precludes, precludes me from voting for you. Because I'm like, you have some, you're being coached on how to speak and how to act. There's nothing genuine about it. It's probably because, like, if they were to use their finger, oh, don't point, it's rude. So, but they still want some kind of a pointing uh, protuberance. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And good use of the word protuberance. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> he can't even do it. I can't even do it. Good for you. You just slipped that in there. I, uh, it's, it's one of those things. I don't know if there's a candidate on the right right now. There are good candidates, but are they people who can beat Hillary Clinton? I don't know. If you look at the issues, like we said, Hillary Clinton is, is an absolute terrible human being who lied about Iowa, who used a handicapped parking spot. There's an example. Why is that not being covered everywhere outside of conservative media? Well, somebody said she had a stroke, but I don't remember that. Hillary Clinton had a stroke? That's what somebody said. Somebody tweeted that. No, Bill, Bill Clinton was stroked. <laughs> Hillary Clinton did not have a stroke. I mean, even if she did, I, I, it doesn't, I know plenty of people have had strokes and they don't have handicap parking. Yeah. I mean, you should, you should not get a handicap parking badge if you're fine. You can have a stroke and you're, you're fine afterward. Now, if you're like my grandfather, who's obviously a, he was a paraplegic afterward, or you have some kind of neurological damage where you can't walk, fine. That doesn't seem to be the case. I, I've not seen, we'll have to run a search on this. Hillary Clinton had a stroke? Seems to me that would be front page everywhere. Yeah, somebody mentioned it. I don't know what the accuracy was. It was just on the internet, and you can't believe everything you read. No, although I did just help out a Nigerian prince, and I'm, I'm waiting on my lump sum that he's going to be sending. Oh, that's going to be a big one. You're going to rake it in. I'm going to rake it in. All I had to do was give my credit card information, address, and social security. So, birth date not even required. That's, that's how I know impressive. it's. That's how I know it's legit. All right, we'll go to a break. We will come back, and Fundup doesn't even know this, but I will answer. Do you choose to be gay? Ladder with Browder after the break. with Crowder, the strangest animal on your radio. On your radio or your interwebs, anywhere you're listening. We were talking about this the other day. Radio is, is great, but man, is it is it changing? I mean, I know people who are only a few years younger than me, and they've just, they've never used their car radio. It's all their phone. That's just weird. Are they just listening to it like sitting on the chair or they no no it plugs right into all like basically every car since 2010 has built-in jacks where your phone just plays right through your your speakers i could play it through i could there's a thing that's shaped like a cassette that i could put in there and i could do it that way i suppose yeah but that's not what they're doing the point is you have an entire generation of people now where it's just easier they can pick everything they want it's on their phone and they run it through the car. They never have to hear commercials they don't want to hear. They never have to flip through the dial. They know exactly what they want. They have it on their phone. They can listen to it anywhere. I love good commercials. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying it's 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 changing. That's all I'm saying. As a matter of fact, I think commercials are an art form. 
The world is changing. All right. So this is something. It's controversial. Now, Fun Dip Dan is very liberal on the social on some of the social issues. Pro pro gay guy. Likes the gays. Personally, would engage in relations with transgender men. No women. And uh, they used to be fellows. It's it's one thing I see a lot. I see a lot of Christians. Well, there are a lot of arguments made against Christians. Let's put it that way, where they think you choose to be gay. And there are some Christians who say, well, I believe it's a choice. Now, I'm, I'm a Christian, full disclosure. I talk about that. I'm open about it. But I, I don't fully understand. Now, I understand, obviously, everyone has, you can choose your sexual actions. You can choose your sexual behavior. You can choose whether you're faithful to your wife or not. You can choose whether you have sex before marriage or not. Everyone has a choice over their sexual actions, and that's the end game. And if you believe certain sexual actions to be immoral, great, that's your right. I have opinions on, on those matters too. But to say that you choose to be gay, and I'll even upset some, some Christian friends and, and even probably some members of my family, I, I never bought that and... The more I, I read my Bible and the more I I'm, – I'm trying to be careful, but let me just not be careful. The more I read my Bible, I don't see any justification for that. I think Christians say, well, it's a choice because, right, it's wrong. They believe it's sexually immoral, homosexuality. Okay. Let's, let's assume we're both even on board with that premise. So they say it's a choice because God wouldn't make you that. God wouldn't make you. wouldn't be born gay. Now, the science, this idea there's a gay gene and stuff, I mean, they just try and throw out these blanket terms. That's also inaccurate. So, you, do you choose to be gay? Well, you, you, God wouldn't make you born that way. Well, that assumes that everyone is either born perfect, and you get into the concept of original sin, or that everyone is naturally perfect, which is, of course, untrue. Just like it, it, their basis of saying, God wouldn't make you born gay and make you have an affliction that, uh, that you couldn't kick. Okay, well, a lot of the people saying that are sleeping around with women who aren't their wives, or they're cheating on their wives, or they're watching pornography. Did God make you that way? Or did, did you make you that way? You didn't choose to want to fornicate with everything that moves as a man. That's just part of your biological hardwiring. It's your affliction to deal with. It's your job to handle it. Now, the choice comes in, in in how you deal with those instincts and how you deal with your proclivities. For example, I have a proclivity toward getting frustrated. I have a, I have a short temper. God, didn't, God wouldn't make you that. That's your choice. That's my choice in how I deal with it. It's not my choice in how my brain works. So I don't see, and you can let me know, comment, tweet me at S. Crowder, any kind of a Christian argument that somehow someone having a proclivity toward being gay is more of a choice than someone having a proclivity toward wanting to be promiscuous or toward wanting to consume, you know, inappropriate amounts of alcohol. We all have proclivities towards sin. It doesn't mean that God put that on us, but through circumstance, people have different proclivities. Or gluttony. That's totally gluttony. not my fault. Right, exactly. You were just born that way. Well, yeah, you were born that way. You can choose how you deal with it. But I don't have a problem with that. I know that I don't have a problem with, I mean, I overeat, I, I eat probably more than most people. But it's, it's not my burden to bear. 
for some people, you know, for you it may be. So it's one of those things I just, it shuts down a dialogue where if Christians say it's a choice, I don't think anyone chews up and says, you know, wakes up and says, hmm, I think today I'm going to like the wiener. I don't think that happens. And, and, and I've had friends who were clearly gay when they were young. Like, there was no doubt about it. They were raised in Christian conservative households, and they were just clearly very feminine and, and gay. Now, it doesn't mean that it's not necessarily, I don't want to go double negative. It doesn't mean that it's moral. Now, we, you can have that debate. I'm not going to have that debate right now. It doesn't mean it's moral for him to go out and, and sleep with dudes. You can still say, well, we believe that to be immoral. Many religions do. Some people don't. So separate that issue from the idea that you're, you're, just, you're just making a choice to be gay. Um, and by the way, in that same breath, liberals need to stop saying that people are born that way and they have no choice over their sexual actions. I have friends who are gay who don't want to be gay or they feel they, feel they can change it. And so they go and, and um, they've gone to counseling, whether you believe it's effective or not. They personally are not comfortable with the lifestyle and they want to change their lifestyle. And then liberals attack them and say, you're just being guilted into it. No, some of these people just aren't comfortable with being gay and they, they'd like to uh, change it about themselves. Let, if you're going to say it's a choice or it's not, a, let, let them make their choice. Let any of these people make their choice on, again, choosing your sexual behavior. Anyway, it's just something I feel like you're, yeah, go ahead, Fun Dip. No, I was just saying you have one minute left. Okay, but I bet you that, that probably, you know, surprised you, because you've talked about that with Christians. Yeah, a lot of people think that it it is a choice, and I'm thinking, yeah, you're born that way, but yeah, you, you choose to act on it, but I'd hate to see anybody left alone, left without love. That's the part that bothers me. I don't That's want anybody to not have the ability to find someone to love and share their life with. No, that wasn't what I was getting at. My point was I can't see any biblical backing. Uh, to say, all of a sudden, that's a choice, because that's the sin where it's a choice, and, and everything else is, you know, it's just circumstance, and you deal with it. Let's just be accurate. Let's just be consistent with that. And, of course, the most important consistency is loving the people and not necessarily accepting uh, what you view to be the sin. Louder with Crowder. We'll be back after this. If you're anything like me, you enjoy a good glass of wine. But finding the right kind can be a hassle, or maybe you want to buy a nice bottle as a gift but don't know where to start. That's where Simplified Wine comes in. Simplified Wine makes buying good wine simple. Just call 844-297-WINE, where a qualified sommelier will take your information budget, send you a curated list, and then wine straight to your door. It's just that simple. By the way, they also have a price match guarantee, so it's not only the easiest way to get great wine, but the least expensive. All you do is call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE. That's 844-297-WINE. Or don't like phone calls, you can just go to SimplifiedWine.com and hit the Simplify button. Same thing, just digital. Any wine you want, they can get. Just call Simplified Wine at 844-297-WINE to have the best wine at the best price delivered straight to your door. Guaranteed. What could possibly be simpler? Call Simplified Wine today. 844-297-WINE. You're listening to Louder with Crowder. So glad to have you back on this final hour. Steven Crowder, the most insubordinate producer in radio, Fun Dip Dan. Follow us on Twitter. Go to louderwithcrowder.com. Listen, that's how you support this show. We don't ask you for money. We don't ask you for handouts. I'll take it if you give it, though. Yeah, well, we'll take them. We're not going to lie. We're not, we're not beyond that. As a matter of fact, Fun Dip Dan will even... Um, 
run a, a a videotape of him with a transgender male and personally send it to you no, if you send no, him a twenty. No, no, not <laughs> a not female to male. <laughs> We're never gonna let you live that down. You realize that? What? What? I, I I'm I met some very <laughs> nice people. All right. Some of the, sweet, some of the right. sweetest people I know. Yeah, some of the sweetest people I know. Sweetest people I know are gummy people. Yeah, like gummy bears? Yeah, they're sweet. You're a dork. I am a dork. Not as dorky as you. <laughs> and your Do you know what a dork actually is when you say that? Uh, uh like a geek? No. Do you oh. know what it actually is? Oh, Hands oh. down. I don't want to see you googling this. Horse wiener. Whale whale penis. Whale you know? wiener. Okay, I knew it was something along those lines. Yeah, whale penis. So when you call someone a dork, that's way worse than bitch, by the way. <laughs> the word bitch, like, what, what does bitch mean? It means female dog. You're a dork. Funnily enough, I bet you a dork, depending on the species, is larger than a bitch, than most bitches. <laughs> if we're just talking about the actual, <laughs> what it actually is. Anyway, a lot of people don't realize that. They'll use terms. I told you the story about when I used the word bastard for the first time, right? Oh, yeah, I, I think so. Well, tell me again. All right, I will tell you again. So my grandfather, Dean Crowder, and it's funny we get emails about him every now and then because he was, you know, he he was there at the Air Force Base and it's a gross point. Anyways, he trained all the pilots. He was one of the best pilots in the country, and he, well, legendary actually. I mean, he did some stuff that that's why people email us and remember him. So he he had a mouth on him. You know, he was the old kind of drinking scotch at the club, good old boy. And when I used to show up at the house, he, I mean, we didn't get to see him much because we were in Montreal. So we would come into Michigan at that point. And, you know, our family all lived in Detroit. And at that point, we were living in Canada. And he would see me and go, ah, come here, you little bastard. Give me a <laughs> So we have to understand at this point, my only experience, my only connection to the word bastard is, is ingrained in my little, you know, my little ingram there and my tiny little cerebellum with love. The two are, to, two are together. So I think, well, naturally, it's a good word. <laughs> because why would my grandfather say that if we, uh, if it weren't a good word? So I'm like, okay, that's what he calls me every time. I, you know, sure as, sure as can be, he sees me, that's what he's going to say. So then we're at uh, a church there in Michigan, actually, Pastor Kevin Butcher. Really nice guy. I think he's still there. And my dad introduces me to him. So I'm thinking like my dad, this guy's a man's man. My dad's, a ma you know, they're both really kind of these masculine figures. So the most masculine figure I can think of outside of my dad is my grandfather. This is how they interact. I'm going to be one of the guys. And my dad goes, so oh, Pastor Butcher, this is my son, Stephen. Nice to meet you, Stephen. I reach out my hand to Pastor Kevin Butcher and say, how you doing, you little bastard? <laughs> And my dad gave me look. <laughs> it was cool. The pastor was laughed about it like he was really cool, you know. But my dad tanned my hide when I got home because he had to make sure to correct that in the brain. <laughs> you know, I imagine what he said to your grandfather too. Oh my gosh! Yeah, my grandfather. What? What? My grandfather probably just heard it and with a cigar. <laughs> That's hilarious. You know, he thought it was funny. 
<laughs> but uh, that's how I learned it. Which, by the way, it's funny. You know, if we say, "Oh my gosh, Hillary Clinton parked in a handicapped spot," what a what a total bitch, right? People get offended. Yet people call Barack Obama or George Bush a bastard all the time. No one calls a woman a bastard. So if the idea that it's that it's sexist because it's sort of gender exclusive, yeah, but there are tons of insults that are gender exclusive. It doesn't mean you hate. Sexism should mean one thing and one thing only, that you hate and or discriminate against someone based on their gender. I don't hate women. I just hate the one. Well, there's like, more than one. Well, I know, but it's like just because someone says, oh, my gosh, Hillary Clinton, I can't believe you lied about that. Oh, my gosh, Hillary Clinton, you, you called these girls trailer trash who were sexually assaulted by your husband. And you didn't stand up for them. Oh, my gosh, you tried to suppress them and intimidate them. And you may have killed a guy, by the way, the Clintons. Jury's still out on that. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe you did that. What a, what a bitch. What a bitch move to do that. That's so bitchy. That is sexist? No, we're saying that about Hillary Clinton. Okay? We're not saying that about my wife. I'm not saying that about Fun Dip's wife. I'm not, not even saying that about Michelle Obama. Listen, I disagree with Michelle Obama on policy, but she actually seems kind of agreeable. I use more idiot with her. With Michelle Obama? Yeah, she seems like just a complete idiot. I would use it, but the point is to call one person bitchy is not an indictment on all women. It's an indictment on you. That's what it is. And then there are the women that use it as a positive. You know, oh, yeah. well, that on, was um, on their coffee cups and stuff. You know, I'm the top, you know, one or whatever. I was tweeted someone saying, I can't believe you'd use that word. Literally, people can follow me on Twitter at S Crowder. It is there. Retweeted. You can see it. She tweeted, I can't, you, that word just is designed to harm. And I looked at her profile. And her profile, she described herself as a boss ass bitch. <laughs> she described herself that yeah. way. Yeah. So I took a picture of her profile and replied to her with just her picture. And she's like, ah, like I was now double bad because I was using her own word to call her a bitch again. <laughs> I didn't, I never called her a bitch. She did on her profile. The big point here what is, a moron. is the weaponization of language. Don't play into it. Conservatives don't go away into the nice politely. And while we want to discuss why our free speeches, you don't get to talk about why you're not allowed to talk, okay? Don't let it get to that point. And to all you conservatives who, there were conservatives who, by the way, I know personally, and I've heard, they were like, well, you know, I defend Stephen's right to say it. I would personally never say the word bitch. Oh, you coward. You absolute co I've heard you say it, and I've heard you specifically say it about Hillary Clinton. It is the word to describe her and her actions. It was invented for people like her. If you look at the slang definition, so bitch deserves an actual definition now in, in the second terminology. There's the female dog, but it's been used for so long. At a certain point, I don't know what it takes to be accepted by Merriam-Webster. It is, generally speaking, a shrill, unlikable, or I guess bombastic woman would probably be the definition of it. That's Hillary Clinton. Rosie O'Donnell would be another example. Rosie O'Donnell would be another one. Joy Behar would be another example. Joy, uh, just you're only gonna make. Let's go to a break. We're gonna bring on our good friend Gerald Morgan after the break to uh, to talk about this. I'm only gonna get mad, and my tea's cooling off, so I'm I'm already mad. Louder with Crowder. Stay tuned.
on air, online, everywhere. It's louder with Crowder. Thanks for specifying that, Fundiff. We are glad to bring on our next guest. I'm actually glad that we haven't had him on for a while. And let me tell you why. Because we usually bring him on to discuss Islam and Islamic terrorism because that's his forte. But he's also a good friend. And there haven't been that many terrorist attacks recently. Certainly not in news unless you count the gyrocopter dude in the Capitol lawn. So, Gerald Morgan, thank <laughs> you for coming on. Well, there- Absolutely. Thank you so much, sir. There was that terrorist that took a van to Iowa recently, though. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> and there was a terrorist who parked in a handicapped spot. It was called Mahmoud Bitchajad. <laughs> Wait, no, nope. you can't say that word, Stephen. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, sorry. It was Osama Bitch Lion. <laughs> Saddam Who Bitch. Yasser Bitchafat. Throw every word you can into that. I appreciate uh, the effort. Well, it's funny is so Gerald Morgan, of course, is uh, a friend of ours, and he he's, he teaches you know these Christian apologetics course, so he's a good Christian boy. But even you, Gerald, I have heard use that word. Oh, how dare you on live radio? <laughs> how dare you? I have heard. Come on, if you can't use that word for Hillary Clinton, who can you use it for? Well, I definitely agree. I mean, she's she fits the definition that you gave, and uh, I think that's a proper definition. We should petition Webster and, and get that included so that it's a, it's a word that we can use freely and often. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and often. Especially uh, for the next eight years. Oh. Well, <laughs> no, don't, no way, sir. For the next year and a half-ish. You don't think it. she'll that's win, all. Gerald? I don't. I really don't. Why don't you? Uh, well, I, I think uh, I think... Hillary Clinton is a train wreck uh, looking for a place to happen. Thank goodness. Uh, I think people are a little bit past the idea that you can just be a good speaker and kind of rile people up and get them to vote. I'm really hoping that that's the case. I think people want a little bit more substance and they see Hillary for what she really is. And that's not a nice person. That would not be a great president. Um, and it would not be a nice neighbor, much less president of the United States. Were so you listening to the show, because that's what we were talking about earlier. Well, no, I didn't. I didn't listen to you most of it. Well, no, I got up and I, I you know, in, in Texas time, and you know, I'm a little earlier. Yeah, yeah, so it's tough. tough. Had a wine dinner last no, night. No, I was. You know, the whole deal, I so. was saying that earlier, Gerald. Put it this way: if you were to talk about Bill and Hillary, and we talked about this earlier in the show, right? If they were on your block, and you knew them as a couple, like, oh yeah, that's Bill. Anyone in this town can have a go at Bill. He'll just, you yeah, know, just yeah. hop on for a ride. The only person who isn't is his wife, but that's because she's <laughs> banking on a promotion. Everyone in the neighborhood would, you know, you'd have the, the gossip lady would live for that household, right? No one would like them. It would be, that is the Clintons. I mean, they don't even sleep on the same bed. She was complicit. He wasn't just cheating. He was sexually harassing women. She was covering it up. So if they were in your neighborhood, they would be the disgusting people everyone talk about. Only they're running for office. But they'd throw yeah. killer parties. <laughs> yes, it's a redeeming quality there. Um no, I, I, I think, honestly, they are the House of Cards uh, presidents and, and First Lady. I mean, it's, it's definitely like the series was written to kind of portray— You think, you think Bill Clinton's bisexual? I, I, I have no idea. I know that his sexual depravity knows no bounds, apparently, so I'm not sure exactly where it ends. But, you know, it's, uh, it's funny, because I was talking with my producer, Jared, about this. If, and I'm not saying at all—if if I had to bet, I would bet that Barack Obama's not gay, right? But I okay. said if someone were to come forward and say that he was gay, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, my producer here, Jared, said that about Bill Clinton. And I, I disagree. I don't think of him as a guy who like, has anything other than lust for, for uh, the big women. 
<laughs> this is true based on his track record, I guess. I, I don't know. I just think I, I just don't see them being moral good people. I, there are some presidents that I disagree with and, and that have, you know, obviously really irked me, politicians that I really dislike. But I feel like at the end of the day, they just believe what they believe and it's different than what I believe, and they're probably decent people to be around and you could hang around them and not hate them. Like Jimmy and then Carter people, without well, the anti Semitism. Yeah, exactly. Well, I've got clients of mine that, that vehemently disagree with me, and uh, we can hang out and have a great time together. But I don't feel like Hillary Clinton would be that kind of person or Bill Clinton. They would be the worst kind of people to hang out with. I just don't have any kind of good feeling. But um, on the substance of, of what she's talking about, I mean, we're, we're starting to see some of the same retread arguments that we always see when political campaigns come out. So I really don't fault anybody for that. It's just what we've been conditioned with. But it's this tax argument again. Like, I'm I'm for the middle class. Are you serious? I'm the champion of the middle class? What? <laughs> the broad hasn't been around the laundry yeah. since 1976. Yeah. I'm not sure when the last day you spent in the middle class was, if ever. I have no idea how you can tell people that you're going to be their champion when you don't even know what they are. <laughs> the only one who would even come close on that, and not that he's the best one for present, would have been Rick Santorum, I think. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and even though now he makes over a million because of, you know, what he does and with his profile and speaking. But before he, you know, he was a lawyer who made a good income, but had a lot of kids. He would be the closest thing to middle class. And even then he would be one of the, the wealthier guys in your neighborhood. Yeah. I'm just waiting for my friend Matt, who's when he's old enough to run for president, I'm going to vote for him. Matt Clark. Yeah. I think yeah, he'd, he'd be good. I th I'm sure he'd make a good president, but can he win? Oh, That's yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the challenge that we all uh, <laughs> that we all have is that same question right there. It'd be a good president. Can he win? I don't know. Can he lie well enough? Can he can he raise enough money? Can he kiss enough babies? That's the problem. We've made this into something that it really shouldn't be. I, I just want to tell you, I, I don't want somebody who's necessarily going to say, I'm just like you. I'm just like the average American. <laughs> Wait a minute. I kind of want the best and the brightest Especially in that position. Now, no offense. <laughs> considering the average American. The average American yeah. wants a $15 minimum wage. Well, yeah, Put yeah. them in charge of the Federal <laughs> Reserve. <laughs> the average this American's a, a moron. Well, exactly. Thank you, Fun Dip. I couldn't say it, but, you know, you No, can. no, no. Hold there on a go. second. I don't want to be the Bill Maher and say that the average American is is a moron. I don't believe that. I believe that the, the, the average uh Maybe, Democrat voter is a moron. Maybe the, oh, that's maybe the mean somewhat. the mean is moron. <laughs> I like that a little bit better. <laughs> the median votership. Yeah, there, is a there you go. No, I, I think I think we're unengaged as Americans right now. I'm not saying we're stupid. I'm just saying we've chosen to focus on other things in life, and for some reason, we don't focus on the things that really matter to who we are and how this country is going to survive. I want the smartest guy or girl. I don't care in the room to be the president of the United States. I want somebody who can identify with the struggles that we all undergo, right, so that they can figure out how to solve those problems. Right. But I don't necessarily want somebody who's like, you know, I'm the champion of the middle class because you know they're pandering. That's the only thing they're doing. Well, it's like, I'm sorry, but it's like when Bill O'Reilly says, just looking out for the folks. Like, right. Bill O'Reilly, you haven't seen a folk <laughs> in 20 years. There's, there's no way. And I don't necessarily hate Bill O'Reilly, but I'm, I just kind of cringe because I'm like, He's the number one. He's the guy they see when they go to Fox. Oh, good Lord. I, no wonder well, they hate us. It's, <laughs> it's one of those things. They do it everywhere. It is. It's, it's the, uh, the identity politics. I'm more middle class than you. 
I'm more middle class than you. No, I'm more middle class. It's like it's the only place where people fight for <laughs> mediocrity. <laughs> it's we like, spend our entire life fighting for the opposite direction, and then once we get to the top of the hill, no, yeah, no. every time back yeah. to my roots. They're handing in their resume everywhere else, tooting their own horn until they get to the presidency, and then they hide it. And they, <laughs> <laughs> they put it in the incinerator, fund it. Yeah, I have bad news. Matt Clark just called in. And he said he's not going to run for president because. He can't lie, and he, he doesn't want to kiss the babies. So, dang it, Matt! Come on. Uh, I do like Matt. I hope he didn't wasn't offended by me just asking. Could he win? And the and that's was what I was saying. I don't I don't think he could win because I think he's a very earnest guy. Too honest, you know? too decent. Yeah. Yeah, he's a yeah. decent guy. I think, and I will say this too. Um, there's a certain hardening that just needs to come with power, kind of like war. There's a certain hardening that happens, but instead of you know it being mental and instead of it being in a positive way for some people in war, obviously PTSD notwithstanding, with politics it's just a constant banging on your soul. It's like it's like fracking your soul. That's what politics you are. You're you're putting in a corrosive substance and you're just blasting it into the soul day in and day out until that that well runs completely dry, and then hippies hate you. I guess I could wait for my son to run for president, the older one. You know what, Fundip, considering what a screw-up you are, your kids really seem like they have the crap together. Oh, yeah. The moms have made sure. <laughs> That's the worst backhanded compliment I've ever heard. But <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, Fundip, you're a piece of trash. But your kids, they're fantastic. Awesome. Love to be around them. Hopefully they won't have a, hopefully they won't have a penchant for, for trannies like uh, Fundip has. <laughs> you know, I heard that. I couldn't believe it. I think I retweeted I, it, too. I couldn't believe it either. I mean, Fundip is like Eddie Murphy. I guess he's just picking him up and putting him in the back of his car. <laughs> yeah. Nothing you, guys, you can say I don't that, even know there? what There's to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I we think love. If, if, a, if a person is cute and they're, and they're a girl now, it makes no <laughs> difference. If I'm so glad you clarified that. <laughs> Who cares what they were three years ago? Uh, science. Hey, why don't you? You'll care in, in, in whatever time uh, okay, it takes. Okay, Gerald, to get we'll to be back after this break. Louder with Crowder. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Steven Crowder with Louder with Crowder to tell you about one of my favorite sites on the web, AR15.com. I know you hear AR15 say, isn't that the scary black rifle? It is, but AR15.com is actually the best website if you want a community from which to learn about how to care for your gun, gun safety, where to find concealed permits, courses, as well as the best online gun store in the business. I'm talking ammo, accessories, upgrades, all of it can be found at AR15.com. That's AR15.com. Much love going on here at Louder with Crowder. Uh, my good friend, one of my best men at my wedding, Gerald Morgan, is back with us. Thank you, Gerald. Absolutely, sir. You should sell the video rights to this with you and Funded dancing during oh, well, we've those songs. Got, we're actually going to cut a promo. We have a, a cut of me sitting here working and Fundip falling on his chair behind it me. Was hilarious. Oh, you I saw it. That's right. You yeah. You text me. <laughs> and he has, no, and I have no idea that he's in his own personal hell behind me. <laughs> It's a darn chair with wheels on it, and I bent over to pick up a pen, and the chair squeaked out, squeaked out from underneath me. It wasn't just a fall. It was like one of those really bad falls where he tries to grab the mic and rip stuff down. <laughs> he's, like great, he's like Piggy awesome. from Lord of the Flies when they're trying to take his glasses. Yeah. He's just reaching at any lifeline he has. 
It was awesome. It was hilarious. Uh, anyway, but a lot of love going on. Fundip used to hate me. Uh, follow him at Fundip Dan, and now he's actually enthusiastic. No, about I, the I show. still hate you just as much as I always have. Okay. He's, he's just enthusiastic about hating you now, is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah you bugger. <laughs> he hates me, but he's using me to gain his Twitter. Oh, fun. yeah. Oh, coattails. Yeah, go. no problem. Coattails are good. Yeah, coattails are good. <laughs> um, and he released a video this week, which was just recorded on, what was it, recorded on a calculator, Fun Dip? Well, this this was on an old Canon, uh, just a small Canon camera <laughs> sitting on a shelf. In my, I was like, I don't have my bigger camera here, so I'll just use this one. Yeah. It was a better video than my phone does, my flip phone. So that's yeah. what it was about, trying to get a, a new phone. I, I, I am Which, so afraid of moving into the modern technology and getting rid of my flip phone. You can hear it close. Which, exactly, to those listening, okay, I have been on Fundip about getting a new phone since last fall because I'll send him texts and he, like nine times out of ten, I just send him a text that's important about, you know, some audio issue or booking a guest and he just goes, says no content. I don't and, know how you're doing that. My wife has an iPhone and I get the content every time. Well, sometimes I'm sending it from my computer. Oh. So it must not be working on your phone. But the point is, Gerald... That Fundip doesn't say, hey, it says no content. What do you need? It's just no content. That's it. <laughs> well, I don't even know what it's about. So it says no content means call me. That's awesome. Di- make a dial and give me a call. All right. Before we go back to um, Hillary Clinton, did you see, Gerald, that uh, the NFL is reinstating Adrian Peterson? No. Wow. Yeah. Where's my Where's my head been? I haven't even seen it. When, when did that come out? I don't know. I've got it here my sometime this week. I, nice. I gotta ask you guys who who is this? What is it about? Fill us oh, in. Uh, fine. You know what? Let's just move on to something that Fun Dip does know. Have you seen the new Star Wars trailer? <laughs> oh man, I got choked up at the end of that. And, and one one of the best what? things. I'm serious. One of the best things about this is I'm online and then Adam F. Goldberg uh, tweets a link to the thing, and I'm like, I got so choked up when Han and Chewie show up at the end of the thing, and. Adam F. Goldberg favorited my tweet. I felt like I your finally, tweet. I fi- felt like I finally succeeded in life. Fundip, you have to go on a campaign to get him on the show. Oh yeah, I'll go too. But you just have to because you're the. It's okay if you're creepy. I mean, you know, you're in, you're into the whole tranny thing, and you you know, it's okay. People expect it of you. I have I'm an image to uphold. Into, I would just accept. <laughs> Inside, I guess. <laughs> this is derailing. <laughs> this is derailing. This place is a nightmare. I'm an old married guy who's just open-minded. You know why the Star Wars film won't be terrible, Gerald? Do you know why? Because uh, George Lucas has nothing to do with it. <laughs> they, every time they would come right? forward with an idea, they were like, yeah, yeah, okay, thanks, George. We'll, we'll cut you a check. Just appreciate that. Go home. Just, just sit over there. <laughs> what? George Lucas? You're still here? It's over. Go home. <laughs> I liked... Episode four, the original one, which he both produced and directed, but I think Irv Kirshner was the best director out of out of all of them. He was the one that directed Empire, and he got it right. All right. Well, we need to tweet out right now that we are talking Star Wars, and uh, that's when people will get up. People, the thing is online. People get like all riled up about Star Wars and dogs. Those always get the biggest responses. Well, cats too. I mean, I've got probably four or five that I'm following on on Twitter about cute cats, and I'm loving it. Oh, my gosh. All right. So, Gerald, okay. We were talking about Hillary. 
this took a der- derailment. Is is there anything that we've missed that you wanted to touch on that didn't involve Star Wars or 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 tran- I, think, I, think, I think Hillary's going to be in the new Star Wars film. It's uh, she's going to be some- solo. <laughs> she, she's going to suck the souls out of men um, in some kind of capacity. I have no idea. Uh, no, I, as I, long I, as I don't put her in the Princess Leia uh, Return of the Jedi <laughs> outfit. I, you know. I don't think there can really be anything more said about Hillary. Right now, everybody's going to attack Hillary, and and honestly, that's not the way to beat her. Um, you you've definitely, as as conservatives, as people who don't want to live in poverty for the next eight years while we try to redist- redistribute everything that uh, working people are making, um, we have to have a better strategy than that. And so I think you and I are indicative of this generation, and, and maybe you even a little bit more than me. You want to see somebody come out with something that's positive, but you want them to have character and you want them to be a real person and not just a politician so i think we need to look for that i think there's a couple of candidates out there that could do that i think hillary has the potential to collapse under her own weight politically (laughs) Uh, and i I said kind of like me in the chair (laughs) exactly hopefully she won't bend over to pick up a pen in in hillary's defense collapsing under her own weight is very unlikely because she's entirely bottom heavy (laughs) Boo. No, but that's what's keeping her up. So really, I mean, you know, it's kind of like she would. She probably couldn't do a pull-up to save her life. The guys who have a giant upper body and small legs can do pull-ups. For her, you know, squats, that's going to be her forte. I actually saw a picture of her in striped pants sitting down on a bench, and she was in a perfect full squat position. I bet you she could be powerlifting champion if she did her squats. Continue. You know, I, I, feel, I feel like you'd be a little bit more sensitive as a large posterior person yourself. Um, maybe. <laughs> we are a minority group. I will tell you this. I have had black women come up to me, and it was a term that I did not know. They they talked about how I had a ghetto booty. Like, Turn around, you you got a you got a nice ghetto booty. And I was like, okay, thanks. So I feel like I have a pass with that. I mean, I feel like a certain kinship. Let's. Oh, what are you saying? Black people have big butts? Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and they cannot lie. And they cannot lie. Like, there's a reason. There's a whole song. I like big butts, and I cannot lie. And it's okay. We're built differently, but for some reason, I I am built in a way. He we're now all- includes himself as we're built differently. We. It's like Bill Clinton when he said he was the first black president. Well, we. I'm talking about the big butt community. You can't talk about the big butt community, Fun Dip. You you haven't been oppressed in the same way we have. Wow. I got, I got the Irishman thing going on. And, and, and the fat, modern, white male thing going on. I'm the most oppressed out of everybody now. Gerald was fat at one point. I don't know that I was fat. You were fat. I was fat. Gerald well Gerald was strong as an ox you know he played football at Notre Dame and he had an incredible squat and um they had you at one point what was it they had you doing where you just had to be big Gerald you were what 274 yeah I was a little over 270 270 it's a big boy but I could still run still run with the best of them (laughs) hey 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 I'm running yeah there you go oh we have a video of uh Fun Dip Dan running dressed as Paddington Terrorist Bear, which will go online soon. But I think you're right to get back to the political issue, Gerald. But isn't there, and call me a cynic here, we need someone who's a real person, right? We need someone who can be genuine and positive to run against Hillary. But doesn't, not, I don't want to say being, you can't do that and be a good president, but the system in place, the process that, that prunes people for the candidacy doesn't it kind of exclude those people who, who you would actually want to be in office? A lot of times, and sometimes they will self-exclude because they don't want to have that 
soul changing experience where they have to be a person that they're not. And so they'll just say, you know, I'm not going to run. And, and occasionally you get good men and good women who step up and say, I'll serve. But I think that's where our kind of job as the electorate comes in. We have to vote for somebody who is that person. We can't just run away from them because we're scared that, oh, well, they can't win in a general election. I mean, come on. If, if I had a dollar for every time pundits got it wrong, I mean, I'd be a very, very wealthy man. So I don't, I don't think that we need to be scared of that at all. And we just need to find somebody who doesn't want to make politics their career necessarily. I'm okay if they've done it for a little while. I mean, I, I talk to people often about this, and I say, look, I want somebody, not because I like everything about this person, but I want somebody kind of like Scott Walker. I don't know if he's the guy, but I know that he's had the opportunity to, to run away from his positions before because he had recall elections to deal with. And he didn't. He stuck by his guns. I, I appreciate that. Even if I disagree with him on it, I'm like, you know what? This is what the guy believes. He's not going to run away from it for political purposes. Right. So that, that's the kind of thing that I want. But I, I think we have to do a better job of asking more from our politicians. We need to ask them to be better than they're being right now. Well, and we want right to clarify, doing, not asking exactly. for more stuff, asking no. <laughs> for more. More from them, from their character, from who right. they are. We, we need them to be better people because we're forcing them right now to be horrible people because if we don't, if they don't lie to us and if they don't tell us what we want to hear and if they don't tell us we're going to get all kinds of free stuff, we won't vote for them. Speaking and, of horrible people, my dad fun. just sent me this for fun dip and his affinity for cats. He texted me from the Daily Mail. Vietnam sees boom and pet cats being stolen to be served illegally in restaurants. Yeah. Whoops. Not good. You know, I'm going to offend a lot of cat people, but I just, they're the spawn of Satan. I'm not no. sure what purpose they have on the planet. My sweet bobber <laughs> cat is my very best friend in the whole world. I'll tell you what, I do, I do love all, I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say that because <laughs> dolphins are the, are the they're jackasses mean. of the sea. They, dolphins they, are brilliant. They're super smart. Do you smart know what we know about jerks. dolphins? Okay. You think there's dolphins commit infanticide. They kill for fun. They bully. They gang rape other dolphins. It's like an episode of Lock Up with Flipper. So they're like liberals. They're very well educated, smart, but they're just mean. Yes, exactly. Good analogy. Has been converted. This is his moment of epiphany. <laughs> it is. He reached self realization on four seventeen at eight forty five a.m. <laughs> but I will say this: I saw fun, and I do love that Fundip loves Bobber Cat. I saw Fundip with Bobber Cat. <laughs> Bobber cat looked completely disinterested. <laughs> well, she, she wasn't. She's not a fan of you, so she was disinterested. Uh, okay, that's what it is. She hasn't I, seen any of the any of this stuff on YouTube well, yet. We'll get Hopper into you know the the studio there sometime, and you'll just love him. I mean, people are terrified of him because he bolts to people to be pet Hopper. That's the thing. Like he bolts at you and like growls like and comes and will run into your side to push into you and like literally. Throw your head, your hand back with his hand to be pet. He's that's, like aggressive. That's kind of like Chocho, my big boy cat. He oh, he comes it? up to you and he sticks his head under your hand, and I'm like, you know, I'm trying to eat. I got a taco in this hand, and I got a burrito in the other one. There's no way I can pet you except for There's with my elbow. There's so much wrong with that statement. We've, we've identified the problem. I think <laughs> <laughs> double fisting Mexican food is double never fisting good. <laughs> Mexican food is the issue. Fun dip. Yeah. 
Well, I, cats, cats can be really cute and really fun. I, I, I jest to some degree, but I will say this. I, I don't want to have to earn the affection of more than one female, unless it's a daughter or something like that, that, that maybe I would have. When I come home, I want dumb love. Okay. I want the dog that runs up to me and is happy to see me no matter what. I don't want the cat that walks over and says, nah, no, I'm not gonna let you pet see, me. That's, that's the beauty of Bobber is when I come home, she's waiting by the front door and I, I reach down and I pick her up and she gives me good love and I snuggle with her. She knows when I'm about to come home, regardless of what time it is. My wife says, have you been sitting out in the driveway for any period of time? And I'm like, no, why? She's like, because Bobber went to the front door about three minutes ago. And I'm like, I- she, can, she can smell the taquitos on your breath. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I think it's kind of funny, Fund, that we're we're so enamored with the fact that pets can realize that at the same time of day we typically come home when they travel thousands of miles to spawn in a place they've only been for a few weeks. I, They're built with some pretty cool computers upstairs. All right, I, I never come home at the same time. <laughs> I come home when I'm done with my stuff. Right, and usually usually depleted of any and all joy. Okay, we must go to a break. <laughs> Gerald Morgan, where can people best? find you at g morgan jr on twitter the best place to find me at, at g morgan, g. morgan jr on twitter right. which is nice and uh you know we'll have you back to talk about something and we'll tell everyone that you're a brain surgeon thank you hopefully not islam anymore I no hopefully that. no more terrorism <laughs> well i won't hold my breath lotter with crowder stay tuned and we'll wrap everything up for you in a nice big bow You're listening to Louder with Crowder. You're listening to Louder with Crowder on louderwithcrowder.com. Oh, sorry, I have to always finish. You're a strange animal. You, you truly are. I truly am. And hey, folks, uh, when you're on Twitter, you can see the video. I put a link to that so folks can check out the original Gowan video. Oh, that's true. You can the original Gowan video. A lot of people have never heard that song. Now, he was really big in Canada, so so I knew it pretty well. Um, it had become sort of a joke, you know, because it was so corny. The video, but the song's catchy. It gets one of two reactions: people either really like it or people hate it. And there are those that go, that's the weirdest Rush song I've ever heard. And I, no, that's not Getty Lee, that's Gowan. But he's got a similar voice. I, I find it funny that uh, that Drake over there hates Getty Lee. I, I don't know many people who hate Rush. Well, I don't know if he hates Rush, but I know that he, he wasn't a fan of this particular song from Gowan. Mm, yeah. Rush is uh, another great Canadian gem. You're welcome, world. We're sorry about Celine, but I, you're welcome for Rush. I love to listen to Getty Lee play the bass, that big, shiny, black Rickenbacker bass. It's like, oh, yeah. Rush just had some great songs. They just did. You know, they weren't nearly as self-important as people like Pink Floyd or, dare I say it, Led Zeppelin. Zeppelin um, rocked. Zeppelin, well, Zeppelin ripped off a lot of stuff, though, too. Well, the early blues stuff, I mean, those, those are... Uh... Yeah, you can't deny that, but stuff like Stairway is just legendary. Oh, well, yeah, I like Zeppelin. What I don't like about Pink Floyd is we're just going to put in a bunch of sound effects and you're going to call us brilliant at a certain point. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're kind of building on Revolution Number 9 from the Beatles. And and I want to hear from you. 
at tweet me at s crowder i tried again this is the fourth time to watch blade runner this week i have never made it through the film i've never made it through the whole film blade runner it's never happened it's one of those films everyone says oh it's the best you have to watch it and i i love the setting i love the atmosphere i want to like the film but i just can't i don't know what it, it's just death it is death on film anyway We'll get back to talking about uh, Hillary Clinton. You're always answering phone calls. Thomas from Northville says he hates Rush as well. So he said that he's he's not the only one, apparently. But See, I, that's, why I we, like that's why we don't take callers. People think we get derailed in our own conversations. Someone's going to call in and say, thank you, Thomas. We appreciate that you're listening to the show. But, like, I hate Rush. Okay. And then <laughs> it's going to be taken out of context, and they're going to think we're talking about that 12 to 3 guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or the film with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. But, you know, that's why it's better just to tweet us at S. Crowder. So if you have a, just a comment that's not really a question, you can say it. We can respond to it. Or if you have a question, we can respond to that too. But sometimes you get some callers who just call in and they just want to sound off on something that's unrelated. Which we do. That's our job. <laughs> that's our job to go off on complete tangents. But, like I said, this week... I, I just often wonder, you know, we've talked about this, we've floated the idea, and people have approached approached me about doing a daily show. I, I don't want to do think it you're because... you John Stewart? Yeah. I don't want to do it because I can't imagine what someone would have been talking about every day this week other than new Hillary Clinton news. I mean, IRS tax day, there was the, the gyroscope that got onto the Capitol lawn, which is funny. There's just not that much news that requires three hours of speaking. Well, there was some affirmative action stuff at the U of M. Uh, oh, this yeah, week. that's so. true. And we're going to get the video up on the website where we shot in Ann Arbor. You know, the story there, and it's the same story now with, with the Hillary Clinton thing where people are trying to say you're sexist. These are professional protesters at University of Michigan. The same thing with American Sniper. A petition was circulated. It made national news because the film was banned. We were there all night. We interviewed many, many students. Not a single student thought the film should be banned. Not a single one thought that it was offensive. Just like if you were to poll students, very, very few of them would say, by any means necessary, get black people in university. By any means necessary, get gay people in university, as far as affirmative action. Regardless of grades, regardless of merit, yes, we support this. But the, the very small minority of people, it's a, you're talking single-digit numbers in this contingency, scream the loudest, right? They scream. They protest, so American Sniper gets banned. They scream. It's like four people pointing and yelling at cops for affirmative action, and it becomes national news. Why? Because the media is a liberal media. It is a liberal-friendly media. So they pick up on these stories of people who scream the loudest to try and make it seem as though there's a divide in America. Whoa, half of America feels unsafe and they're offended by American Sniper. No, 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 no. Nobody is. Nobody is except for these protesters and you in the media who have basically been raised and gone through a, a social studies program, gone through RTF programs in college where you're being taught by communists and socialists. There is nobody else in America who thinks that American Sniper was offensive. Very few Americans support affirmative action regardless of merit. But the people who do scream the loudest, just like if you look back in the 60s, and you say, well, the 60s, that was a flower power hippie era. No! People hated hippies and flower power back then. You look at the top-selling albums, Beatles and Show Tunes. West Sound Side of Music. Story, 
Sound of Music, South Pacific, West Side Story, and Jimi Hendrix was opening for the Monkees. If you look back on this era through the lens of media, you would think that all of us are in this big divide where we think the country is racist and sexist and American sniper is jingoistic. That's not, it's not even close to being representative of half of America. It's the people who scream the loudest and the media picks up on that because it's sexy and it sells. Do not be fooled. Don't let the media use this to set a cultural narrative or to try and take your words away. Keep your words, keep it honest. Louder with Crowder, see you next week.